Blog Talk Radio. Hello and happy Sunday. This is Seeds of Change and I'm your host, Danielle St. John. Sorry for the short delay. Um, let's get everybody in here. My computer, of course, just glitched out at the very last second. Um, uh, let's get, uh, let's see if mom's going to call in. We've got mom and Elizabeth and Joanne today. We're also going to be speaking to a guest, um, J- uh, Deborah. Um, she has an organization called Rescue Ruse Adopt a Cock, which is a fun name. Uh, oh, mom's with us. So go ahead and uh, push one. There you are. Hello. Hi, good afternoon. Of course, the uh, the glitch happens right when I'm about to, to jump on. So, of course, sorry about that. Oh, and here is Elizabeth. Good afternoon, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm back. Doing great. I know you're back. I'm so glad you're back. Back from my vacation. We went on, on the. A sabbatical. A sabbatical from the world. Yes, doing good. How are you doing? I missed the intro. Good, we're good. I I was late on the intro because of a glitch, but um, yeah. (laughs) You can get my real-time reaction to what you want to talk about. (laughs) Oh, good, good, awesome. Um, So so today, um, a couple things. I want to talk about um, Newsom admitting I was right about everything in the world. That was nice of him. Um, And saying that I was right about everything COVID-related, at least. Um, Mom's got a lot of good news. And then we've got um, a a guest today calling in um, who has an organization called uh, Rescue Ruse Adopt a Cock. And um, fun name, fun organization, saves a lot of of animals. Uh, she'll be calling in around 3.30, and I think Joanne's going to be with us today, too. Awesome. I can't wait for the, the, the lady who rescues the birds. That's fantastic. fantastic. I, I hear the bird is the word. I don't know. Well, I think that it would become so, I don't know, so in, in lockstep with authority and doing the right thing. I have a friend who's got birds. In, you know, we're, we're like the big, big suburbs, little suburbs of Chicago. And um, who would have thought in a nice suburb he has chickens? I'm like, I'm right for you, but he eats at McDonald's and he's all, you know, into weird. It's like you are the best American ever, and you make me sad to know you. But on, <laughs> on some things, yes, yes, yes. But then he's like. Ah, uh, I got a, I got an extra, extra rooster. Oh my God, I'm gonna have to, I'm breaking the law. I got to get rid of. It. I was like, you know what? Have some balls. Some balls. Nobody's gonna know yeah. you have a rooster, but you're gonna, you know, make the big deal about I got rid of my rooster because I'm always supposed to have one, or or I'm not supposed to have any. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's like, you know what? You because of you, because of you, we're all going to be, you know, living in Faraday cages and. In, in, in smiling when we're told to smile, you know, in 50 years because of you. Yeah. You well, it usually has to do with um, with noise violations, noise complaints, um, which I oh, think is ridiculous do. because as soon as um, – Well, but as Funny, soon as you know we what? thought I, – I have, I have a dog. We, we have a, a, an ordinance for barking dogs. It's $700 mm-hmm. ticket that the city council passed for 
because they don't like dogs. Somebody on the city council hates the dog, their neighbor, and they got that passed. You, 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 well, you have to be quiet when you live in America. No, we don't, for God's sake. I know, right? I mean, like, when did, when did um, city councils become HOAs? You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. I, I, I don't live in an HOA specifically because I don't want people running my life like that. But, um, but it's exactly. really interesting because as soon as you get rid of, uh, of roosters, there's um, a chicken that becomes the, the top of the flock, and they start crowing. I've got a picture I've got a picture of, of or a video of one of our um, one of our crows uh, one of our uh, hens crowing. See, now this is the um, oh gosh, it's it's the opposite of um, the turning frogs gay um, syndrome, where you can change things. You cannot change nature. Nature. And there will be a pecking order in nature. And see, I like that. And that just shows that nature runs in the right course of how it should. You know, the cycle of life. And, um, you know, there, there, we can't all be roosters. You know, it's like. You no, but have, somebody has to be one. Well, there is, but not any. Because the old saying, too many Indians and not enough Wait, too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Too many cooks yeah. for you know, there is, there's a, there's a, an order. There is a, an order that works well, you know, even in a family unit, in, in the, the realm of heaven, in corporations, in, you can't out, and micromanagement is the worst system when everybody has, it's like, no, 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 we're adults. Give us room to, you know, to, to innovate and create and do our job. And you could check in, check in. Those companies thrive, but the ones that you get the micromanagers, and they don't. And and it's there is a, a a a good way of doing things. And if you look to nature, it's perfect. And it's interesting that um, I bet that flat there and there has to be the, the there's always the alpha dog, right? The mm-hmm. alpha male, the alpha dog, the rooster, and a hen will step up to do what needs to be done. You know, in a family unit, you've got the mother, the father's gone for whatever reason. She's got to be both, and it's extra right. hard. And, right. But you can't just be the mom. You can't just be the mom because young boys need dad. You know, it's like it's like you can't fill that void. It's, it's amazing how things work. And what right. Do you think about that? Absolutely. I think Joanne's with us. Joanne, press one if you want to um, jump on in. Um, she's calling in today because she left her computer at home. There she is. Okay. Hello. Happy Sunday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're going to be talking to um, the owner of a um, of a rescue ruse, adopt a cock here in um, Southern California. She goes around um, adopting roosters that you know, because there's not very many people in places in San Diego where we can have roosters. So um, that's what we're talking about. Have you ever had um, chickens? Joanne? I have not. I've only had the pleasure of house-sitting for um, folks that have chickens. Mm, okay. Um, they're pretty neat, though, right? Pretty low-maintenance? Low-maintenance and social and really more fascinating than I thought they were. Right, yeah. People think that they're very they're very difficult animals, and so um, they, you know, they, they kind of shy away from them, but they're, they're actually really easy, and 
you know, and the eggs, we just went through an egg shortage, right? Um, and, you know, I, I know that uh, the whole time we went through an egg shortage, you know, we didn't, we were fine. We had, you know, cause we had our own eggs and, um, you know, I, I guess uh, five years ago is the best time to start a flock, but um, the second best time is now. So if you guys don't have rooster or have chickens, um, I strongly suggest a small flock, like four to six chickens is probably enough for, um, to feed your family. And then, but chickens are kind of like potato chips. You can't just have one. Um, and I can attest to that. Yeah, then they start showing up, and you're like, how did that get there? I, you know, it just jumped into my cart at the tractor supply store. Um, so they are a bit addictive, I, I will I will say that. Um, but other than that, they're just lovely. Well, I can I'm really curious to, to ask well. her. I don't know. I'm really I curious know, to I... ask her about the tongue-in-cheek name. It's um, cute, what, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, right? I <laughs> Uh, so she'll be joining us around 3.30. Mom, do you want to um, give us a little preview of what you're going to do for the Good News Report? Um, I, also, I have. Um, put, I, hold on. I, I did uh, put in the title today that you're doing the Good News Report slash everything is stupid. So either one <laughs> yeah. is fine. Either one is fine. Okay, good, because a lot of times I end up with a lot of stories like that. But But actually today there is a ton of good news around COVID, around um, tyranny, around um, censorship, um, around the COVID origins in particular. We're getting closer to um, the big reveal that we've all known from the very beginning that uh, that COVID was man-made and released from a, a lab in Wuhan. I suppose the next big reveal, I mean, since we've, we've known all along was that which I'm looking forward to is that it was uh, deliberate. Um, but there's a, I have a lot of great news about that, in particular medical tyranny, which I've been following a story for a very long time, and I got the best news ever about that story, uh, and I have uh, the article to go with it. But, yes, there, today, even though everything is stupid, um, I have a ton of pushback um, Tides are turning um, information for uh, for our audience today. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. And Joanne, what about you? What, what do you want to chat about today? I was drawn um, yesterday or the day before to read Matthew chapter 23. And um, I think it's always good for us to see where we can do our own soul cleansing because after all, that is um, what we're taught as being disciples of Christ is to look to look within and see first where our own errors lie. And uh, Matthew chapter 23 um, reminds us to do that because those of us who sort of preach, um, we need to make sure to keep our vessel clean. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, and Elizabeth, I know you probably got a, a bit built up since you've been gone for the past, you know, for a couple weeks. Um, any, any particular subject you want to tackle today? No, I'm just along for the ride today, babe. Okay, very good. Um, okay, so then I guess I would like to start with, um, with our good friend Jimmy Dore. Um, he covered 
the um, the Chuck Todd interview with Gavin Newsom, where he says um, that we were right the whole time, uh, which is awesome. Lo- I love Wonderful. a little bit of. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna pull that clip up, uh, Jimmy Dore. Um, and, and by the way, and I'm I'm really loving. Um, Jimmy Dore's been on tour a lot lately, and um, a good friend, I guess I could say friend of the show, but a personal friend of mine, uh, Craig Pasta, has been filling in for him, and I have been thoroughly enjoying him as a as a guest host while Jimmy Dore's been on vacation. Um, so who, he's been he actually went to to Maui, went to Lahaina, and is doing a documentary on what's going on there. Um, as well as killing yeah. So, but this is uh, Jimmy Dore's take on, and this is actually Jimmy Dore this time on um, on Newsom's interview with Chuck Todd. So, if you guys are ready, I'm ready. Um, okay, three, two, one. So Gavin Newsom went on with Chuck Todd, and he said we he would have done everything differently on COVID. I think science took a bit of a hit. It should be alarming to all of us that all of a sudden how it became partisan. <laughs> Should it be, Gavin? This is the first time hearing of this. The first I'm hearing of this. By the way, I just want to re- remind everybody that uh, the average mortality risk over the last three years for those over 20 years old is 0.089%. That's the mortality rate from COVID over the three years. Adding the under 20s, if you add people under 20, it gets reduced to 0.065% fatality rate. Or mortality risk, put it, that's a different. So, and let's remember that they pretended that they didn't know that COVID was never that deadly. It was never that deadly. That's the, that's the mortality risk. Zero point, zero point zero six five. But that's almost 20% more likely than. <laughs> so now, yeah, it's a hundred times more likely than never. So if you're over 70 or over 80, then you have a concern. Or if you have a serious comorbidity, just like with the flu, you you have you have to watch out if you have serious comorbidities or if you're over 80. But if you're healthy and under 7, 70. But first of all, this is the whole That's for Delta by the way, wasn't it? That's for the whole 3 years. Oh. This is said right here. This puts the average mortality risk over the last 3 years. Yeah. For those above 20 at 0.089%, and if you include the people under 20 years old, it goes down to 0.06%. And that comes from uh, Dr. Sunatra Gupta uh, from the UK. And it wasn't until early February. And so they knew it was a low fatality rate. And here's what, so remember, let's see. Yeah. In fact, he knew it was a low fatality rate because he was out dining with groups of people, and none of them are wearing masks. And that's when there was a mask mandate, and that's when they had people's restaurants closed down. I thought he was corrupt, but it turns out he was ahead of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like he was a genius because he knew masking was, was bullshit. Isn't that amazing? He, he was a genius. The table. They were like, are you sure, Gavin? Yeah, take them off. Take them off. This is all made up by Fauci. So here, let's watch their, let's watch their interview. Watch this. During COVID, um, you... You were pretty strict with the lockdowns here. And uh, it was an interesting piece in Harper's that sort of was critical of your decisions from this perspective. You found a way to allow the motion picture industry 
and southern and the and the sort of the movie industry to get back to work. But you didn't allow people to grieve together at funerals or at churches. And that it sort of and that this may be why there's such a polarized disconnect. What what you prioritize, right? This is this anger between the populace and the elite, supposedly. Here you prioritize <laughs> this industry. Supposedly. But you you know, you were tougher on those that just wanted to go worship. Um, what do you think? So now watch how many ways he doesn't address the issue or the question. Watch how not address. So Chuck Todd is saying, hey, obviously you let movies, movie yeah. studios. Tom Cruise is a friend. Who were, Possible had, was, who were shooting movies in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, they're shooting movies. And they were allowed to do that. And they were allowed to set up picnic tables and have 100 people sitting at picnic tables eating lunch without masks. While directly across the street, they had restaurants closed down. Even their outside dining was closed down. But because you were in a movie, you could have an outside restaurant. But if you actually had an actual outside restaurant, you were that was illegal. And so I said the reason why they're doing that with the movie business is because the banks are invested in those movies and they run the government. And so they, so he knows where his bread is buttered. He's not going to go against Wall Street or the banks. And so the banks told him, you better let this movie happen. We got money invested. And so he did. And that's exactly why he did it. But watch, watch him try to avoid this question and obfuscate. Why, why were movie studios allowed to open up a hundred seat cafes outside when people who actually had already existing outside cafes had to close? And here's his, here's his non-answer. I think there's a lot of humility, and we didn't know we didn't know, and it was hardly I. Uh, it was we, collectively. And, oh, see, so that's the whole 9-11 thing. Nobody could have seen this coming, although everybody could have seen that coming. And so that's the, well, everybody's wrong, so nobody's wrong. That's what he's trying to say. Every, everybody's wrong, so nobody's wrong. By the way, uh, here we go. I think all of us, in, in terms of... By the way, did Chuck Todd just ask an intelligent question? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that wild? They must have turned up the journalism knob to 11. <laughs> I like how he says anger between populists and elites, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear him say that? Anger, yeah, be- right in. anger between uh, 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 populists and elites, supposedly. And he, sh- he should have put his hand up on the side of his mouth when he said that. By the way... Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly, it's still a good point, though. Did uh, somebody turn his reality knob up to seven? Not all the way. Qualified it as supposedly. <laughs> Here we go. Our collective wisdom, we've evolved. We didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know what we didn't know. You're a real fucking genius, Gavin. <laughs> We're all geniuses now. We're all geniuses now. <laughs> hey, Hey, Gavin, maybe you could share some of this genius collective wisdom that you have now about COVID with yeah. Cornell West. That's yeah. all I'll say. Maybe. <laughs> Gavin, who's the head of the curve on that one? That's weird. Experts in hindsight. We're all geniuses. But think now. about what we, pri- what you, pri- what you ended up collectively now. prioritizing. You're prioritizing industry, you know, well, in one, and, and one specific one, but then didn't prioritize maybe ones that whose maybe values – you didn't connect with. I don't think it's a binary. There was iterations within that theme. There was there was fits and starts. There were regional. <laughs> there were fits and starts. Start. There were fits and starts. He sounds like the dude now, right? <laughs> From Big Lebowski. Hey man, there were lots of fits and starts, ins and outs, a lot of what have yous, moving pieces. 
lot of ins and outs. A lot of strands to keep in my head, man. A lot of strands in old Juder's head. Here we go. Frameworks uh, that had impacts more broadly defined. There were more industry-specific uh, uh, frameworks. All of us went through a process. I mean, there was few states that didn't go into aggressive lockdowns, including uh, Florida's Ron DeSantis. Oh, I understand that, but it was and more but of... With, but within the framework of who, the Who industry. opened the door? It's what industry got. Yeah. Do you see how he's not answering the question? Yeah. The, question the question is, why did you favor certain industries in why California? Why did I miss my Mima's funeral so movies could be made, right. like, which I couldn't even go see at theaters because they were closed down? Yeah, <laughs> so you couldn't, you couldn't go to church. You couldn't go to church. You couldn't go to a funeral. My, my best friend from comedy died during COVID. I couldn't go to his funeral. I don't even know if they had one. But they did make cocaine bear, so. But they did. And you could, if you were, if, if they had his funeral on a movie set, we all could have went. Yeah. Mm. If only that could have been cut content from the Barbie movie. Mm. And seeing which, yeah, which no, one all of it is All of it is legitimate in terms of reflection. All of it right. is legitimate in terms of processing lessons learned. We went through a process. I actually had at Sunnylands, which is the Camp David on the West Coast. Right. We brought together experts across the spectrum, people oh that supported God. our efforts, mm-hmm. people experts. that opposed them, international experts. And we spent three days really reflecting, stress testing what we did right, what we did wrong. We're actually putting out a report as it relates to our own lessons learned. I think this country would do well to advance a similar construct, not through the lens or prisms of an ideology, uh, but through... You think there should be almost like a 9-11? I don't know. What is he even saying? Uh, He's not even saying... That hair is not good enough to cover this. It's It's not. not. That hair covers a lot, but so they this. did a lot of horrible things during COVID, and now he's trying to be. Hey, we were all trying our best. No, we're and, all geniuses now, Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. Commission on what well, lessons learned from been, this pandemic. There's been versions of that, mm-hmm. uh, but they're immediately dismissed within the prism of our partisan frame. And right. so I'm at least trying to work across that and in context of all. What is something you do differently? Well, I think oh, no whole, we would have done everything differently because we understand everything. We, we would have done everything differently. Is that one good thing? You mean you wouldn't have had vaccine mandates? You would you would allowed people to go outside? You would allowed people to go to work? You mean you wouldn't have had mask mandates either? Uh, you mean you wouldn't have closed schools down? You mean so that's everything? We wouldn't have dumped sand on all the skate parks. We wouldn't have closed the beach. Yeah, immediately <laughs> dumped sand on skate parks. They they got that. They can't Ooh. fix a pothole, but they can immediately wreck a skate park. Isn't that amazing? And I got to wait an hour for someone to come for a cop to come to my house when there's somebody outside with a gun threatening me. But if you're surfing, they had a they had a boat at you yeah. like that. So he says they would have done everything different. Good. We would understand outdoors as an example. Class the nature. You want to shut schools down? You to try to figure out how to maybe have outdoor classrooms. No, that's not. Well, now you're getting. I'm being. But I think the nature. No, no, no. Now you're asking me a specific question about a real thing, and of course I can't say that I wouldn't have shut schools down because my shit-lit Democratic base still thinks that that's the thing you're supposed to do because we're actually the ones who are anti-science. The Democrats were the ones who are actually spouting propaganda directly from Big Pharma that had no basis in science, and that's why we locked down, that's why we had mandates, that's why we had mask mandates, and none of it was based in science. None of it. And we had a vaccine that they said was going to stop the, the, the pandemic, and of course that was never true. You'd have done everything differently? He, Rick does, does but he, can't, but he won't that. say yeah. one thing. Yeah. But he won't yeah. say one thing he would have did differently. Yeah. He's ready for president. I would have I, I maybe missed Halloween with my kids. And I, yeah. Yeah. 
of the spread early on and understanding epidemiology of that spread, understanding the spread in the context of how it spread very differently indoors than outdoors is one perfect example of what a lot of us would have done differently, including, again, in states, red states, that shut down their beaches in the early part of the pandemic. I think a deeper understanding around mask and mask wearing and N95s, KN95s, you go through a process across the spectrum in terms of being prepared, issues related to uh, how we uh, fundamentally address the distribution of vaccines and prioritization. You want to talk about prioritization. He won't say one goddamn thing he would do different. He hasn't said one goddamn thing yet, has he? Except that he would let people go outside. I can't believe he's getting nailed by Chuck Todd. Like I, That's how bad COVID policy was, that a guy like Tuck, Chuck Todd could dismantle a politician over it. Chuck That's, Todd, read Harper's. Yeah. Why you close <laughs> church and but have movies? Tell Chuck Todd. Tell Chuck Todd. Early on, in terms of those vaccines, you go through a series of things, uh, and there's so many things we could have done differently. You think this country can handle another pandemic, or do you think it would break us? I think we have to. We're a resilient country, so it wouldn't break us, but... Uh, I'm not convinced we've learned the lessons. It, it broke a lot of working people. It, it certainly broke a lot of work. The last one, and I think science took a big hit. I think science. the health science. Science. Health books in books we're still trying to... Science took a big hit. Science didn't take a big hit. The people who lied, who said they represent science, those people took a big hit. Science didn't take a big hit. the owners of science took a hit. The owners of science took a big hit because they were constantly lying. They were lying about the origin of the virus. They were lying about where it came from. They were lying about funding the origin of the virus. They all were lying. Why? Because Fauci corrupted them with millions of dollars. And so the scientists who said that the virus came from uh, an animal or a bat or a pangolin, they lied. And we know it now because of the Freedom of Information Act. They all thought it came from the Wuhan lab until Fauci dangled $8 million in front of their face. And then they all switched on a dime like that. And we all know because of the Freedom of Information Act that they knew they were lying. He's like, maybe next time I wouldn't get all my information from Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, maybe don't get all your COVID information from late night talk shows. Like he'd have been better off sticking to his guns that it was great what they did. That would have been better for him than this was... To lie really and bad. say we saved a lot more lives than really could have he been should, lost, yes. and that kind of like we don't. If we had opened this up, how bad. many lives would we have lost? Because of that bullshit line. Because you know what his screw up this is? Because there's an MSNBC with dumb dumb here who's killing him, and he he's like he just said I would have done everything differently. So all the idiots here that still got cloth masks on that would just go for him because of his hair and he's feeding into their mania. He just sold them out. Yes. Like, well, he don't look good to me. Who does he look good to now? No, he doesn't look good to anybody. So he doesn't look good to someone like me who was against all that stuff in real time because I actually cared about the science enough to get informed about it after I got vaccine injured. And then, uh, so he does not appealing to me, and he's now throwing his shit-lib Democrat voters yeah. under the bus by saying everything that they do and, and are advocating for still is wrong. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Here we go. Yeah, no, and I, but, but that's, I mean, that's alarming. Divide people. That's alarming. It should be alarming to all of us that, that all of a sudden health became partisan. Uh, huh. And that's something huh. that we're going to pay a big price. You're right, going forward, but it won't break us. because His health became partisan, and we're all going to, who made it partisan? Mm-hmm. Who made health care partisan? It was the establishment and the Democrats who made health care partisan. Am I wrong about this? No, Craig? you're not wrong. That's, that's who did it, right? Yeah. 
this guy out of his recall when he won, he immediately went to, you know, pivoting to hardcore uh, COVID protocols. He goes, they didn't just say yes to Gavin Newsom. They said yes to protecting our children. They said yes to making it safe for us to vote. They said yes for this. They said yes for that. And it was all based around him pushing all these COVID protocols even harder, mask mandates, the whole nine yards. And uh, as we know, California has some of the craziest draconian COVID so laws. When, right? he, when so. he talks about how health became partisan, look what they did in, in, Los An- in California. They passed a law that would punish doctors for practicing medicine. They call it spreading misinformation. They just made it up. Right now, they just repealed it because it's 100% unconstitutional. Yeah. Even that was wrong? So they, they were trying to criminalize a conversation between a doctor and their patient. You know the thing that they scream that the right wing wants to do over abortion? The Democrats did it over COVID. They're, 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 it was horrible. And, they, and they, they did this after we knew better. This, is, this, is, this was done recently. So, and I'm going to cover it in another segment about how they just quietly repealed this. Why? Because it's unconstitutional. You're outlawing speech between a doctor and their patient. Mm-hmm. There's already laws that say it's illegal to do uh, bad medical treatment. It's already illegal. You didn't need this law, but they, they passed this law to scare the hell out of doctors who are actually practicing medicine and trying to, to give people early treatments that could possibly help with COVID because they wouldn't give you anything. They wouldn't give you ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. They wouldn't give you zinc, vitamin D3. They, what they did was give you nothing and intubate you, which they now admit killed people. So if you went to the hospital, they're gonna, they were going to not treat you right. And it's probably end up with you being killed by their treatment. And so there it's, and again, not, uh, oh, we can't say, uh, I'm not saying ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine treats COVID. That's not what we're saying. We're saying they weren't allowed to practice medicine, and they criminalized it, and they intimidated doctors, and they did it all for big pharma profit. And who did that? Gavin Newsom and the Democrats in California. Yeah, yep. He was wrong, and he says it. And he's a hundred, they're 100% wrong. Yeah, but if we only knew now what we knew then, or since where did I know it? Better than all the people yeah. on TV that he's now, he just said everything we did it was, was wrong. wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, somehow I knew it in real time that he was wrong. Somehow we knew it at the show exactly. that they were wrong in real time. Somehow Craig knew it in real time. Okay, that's good. I'll stop it there um, because we've got our guest. But, you know, that basically sums up what the point I was trying to make. But um, so with that said, um, Deborah is with us. We're going to bring her in. I'm here. I'm here. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, Hi. Deborah. Hi, Deb. Hi. Well, first of all, I have to say thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your organization? It's it's so necessary around here. I run Rescue Ruse, and it is a rooster rescue. I do take other birds, and I will take hens, and I will take chicks. So, um we will take those birds that nobody else wants. No one will take roosters. Most of the counties have rules where you're only allowed, if you're allowed, you might be able to have one rooster. And then, for instance, in Los Angeles, there's certain yardage distances between homes and 
So many places can't even have a rooster. So then these people go out, get their chickens. They're all excited. They've ordered them from wherever. They got them as chicks, and then they're cuddling them, loving them. And, of course, I've got to tell you, the favorite one, the most cuddly one, the one that loves you more than anything in the entire world, one day crows. And then everybody's very And then they want to find somewhere to take it, and then they find out the only places to give it are the processors, which means the people that are going to give you your chicken back all chopped and ready to cook, or the Mexican fighters will take as many chickens as they can get. So if people don't want their little cuddly baby rooster that they've cuddled for so long to become dinner on the plate or to uh, be fought, basically beat up so that the main roosters can practice on them and warm up. So then Mm -hmm. uh, there's me. I will take the roosters and they stay here until I can rehome them. That's awesome. Um, I've heard um, somewhere, uh, and please correct me if you know, um, if I'm wrong, but I heard that like 90% of silkies end up being roosters. Is that, am I just, Listening to I hear that too, first. but I don't know. I don't know how accurate that is. Cause I'm not a breeder, so I don't. I know that I get a lot of silkies, and yes. I mean they're just adorable little fluff balls. And uh, seriously, even if you tried to eat them, you wouldn't even get a McNuggets worth of meat off of a silky. So yeah, I mean I, I probably have 25 silkies here. Um, they're in different pens with different people, but uh, I I'm gonna say that I think that. Um, Probably on all the hatches, about 70% end up being male. They say that's not the number, but like the math on the ones that have hatched at my place and the ones that have hatched at other places seem to be the number, except with the Trader Joe's grocery store eggs. It Tell us about that. Are, Tell us about so that. There's, there's groups of people who like to go to the store and they buy their Trader Joe eggs or from Whole Foods or Sprouts, they buy the happy hen's eggs, either in the blue package or the yellow package, and they look for the Julian date. A Julian date um, is uh, the number of day in the year so that you can get eggs that are within a week of being put in the box. And then they will put them in an incubator and they will hatch them. And um, on the Trader Joe's eggs, it seems like half will hatch. So six out of 12. And out of those six of 12, generally it's two boys and four girls. I've had oh, at least better eight or <laughs> I've had eight or 10 people bring me Trader Joe roosters. I mean, I want the hens. Okay. I want some leghorn. They're beautiful leghorns. And uh, I want the leghorn. Mm-hmm. And leghorns are super large, if I remember correctly. Can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. yeah, but I think she, I think she cut out. Hold on a no, second. No, she did. Did, you, she, did she dropped. Yeah. Uh, so hold that. Hold that question. I'll ask. I'll ask a question to you, and hopefully she'll she'll pop back in. I am wondering how it is she's able to have all these chickens, and we can't. And what could we do to become a sanctuary like she is? And that would be how we beat the system. Because I mean, this is not the big crime of the century having. A, a small flock of chickens, you know, to you they treat it like that, though, they, Elizabeth. I, they like, certainly it, uh, do, but that would be how we win because she has. Yes. I'm like, oh my goodness, how is it? I know my uncle has a farm, but 
you know, that's farmland. I don't think there's rules out there because he's got a, a whole farm full of animals. How can she, what, 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 I'd like to know what she did to, to accommodate her situation. So she's like, come bring them to me. And it's a really good story. I was hoping she would start off with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's, a, it's a great story, the way that, that things got started. Back. I did. I said, okay. come back. <laughs> and she hasn't answered me. I, I wonder if her phone died. So yes. I can well, fill in a, a little bit while she's trying to connect. Um, I hope she does. Uh, but she lives in the port of Los Angeles. Her Well, excuse me. Her husband has a business in the port of Los Angeles. He repairs boats. And, and somehow in the, in the midst of that little triangle there in the port of Los Angeles, they are zoned for animals, for wow. roosters. Okay. So are we. Yeah. Well, technically, yes, we are zoned for animals because we, uh, we are, you know, um, What's the, what are we, Danielle? What's our designation? Residential agricultural. Residential agricultural. Okay. And um, Mm -hmm. because she's, her nearest neighbors are all businesses. um, The, the noise laws uh, get, you know, and plus they're like right underneath the freaking airport too. So uh, I don't Mm -hmm. think roosters is going to be that much of a problem. So, so it's all businesses around there. So so they wouldn't be disturbing people, you know, sleeping and, you know, like, like we would with our neighbors. Um, And she started bringing in, uh, she started off obviously with a flock, just like everybody else. And then, you know, just little by little, people started bringing her roosters. She's hooked up with, you use the proper word, sanctuaries in, on, out on farmland where people who are willing to, to take all the boys, all the bachelors, all the roosters. So, so she keeps, you know, about 75 to 80 birds on site. And then eventually they go out to these sanctuaries that, where they're free range and, you know, and works with them. There's people all over Southern California who do something called Rue Uber. And they pick them up and bring okay, them to Deborah. Okay, now it's officially called Ruber, but she's back. Hold on. Cool. Oh, good. I came to my desk phone. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's okay. better. <laughs> it died. Everything died. died. I, was, I was talking on, and I'm talking on to the radio, and then I realized I'm talking on to nothing. So there you go. <laughs> oh, boo. That's funny. So I started to tell them a little bit about how Elizabeth ask your question again, and we'll let Deborah answer. Oh, it. awesome, Deborah! I'm curious as to what stipulation you have that allows you to have all these chickens, and what stops us from having the same type of situation in opening our own sanctuaries and beating the system that way. Well, I'm not really beating the system. In fact, I'm arguing with some a little bit right now. But before I ever even got the first chicken, I called to make sure, am I allowed to have roosters? Oh, yeah, because where my property it is, it is in, um, it is not Los Angeles City. It is the port of L.A., so I'm on the wetlands, and that is county run, and that rule is not applied. Besides our property is an industrial manufacturing property, mm-hmm. and in our um, zoning laws, it says animal keeping. 
right in the little writing. So nice. when the person reported me for having roosters, because they were mad that I asked them to please not park their giant big truck next to my rooster run, because they were, you know, mm-hmm. killing them all off with the exhaust, um, they right. reported me. That's okay. Then they came and talked to me, and I said, well, sure, come and talk to me. Oh, whatever. I nothing to mm-hmm. hide here. So um, I said, uh, come on down. And they said, Oh, well, we got, do you have roosters? I said, well, yes, I have roosters. Do you have more than one rooster? Well, yeah, I have more than one rooster. Well, how many about it? A hundred, maybe? I don't know. And the guy didn't even look surprised. Well, I mean, you can hear him crowing. But there is the place we are situated. We're on the line. One half of my property is the city. One half goes over to the port. And we are not within 100 yards of anybody. We are like 500 miles to Hawaii because we're right on the water. So there's, I mean, there's a ugly street and port property. And then there's water to Hawaii. And then uh, there's at least 18 blocks to one direction, 18 blocks the other direction. And then there's two blocks is the closest person, and they're on two sides of 12-foot cement block walls. So we're just gotcha. in an unusual circumstance to be able to be allowed. Yeah. And I checked first. I checked before I even got right. the first one. Because I had heard people were allowed to. I, I wonder if that's what it really comes down to. I'm I'll sorry, have to lift this up. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I guess that, that is the loophole. If you really want to get off-grid and beat the system, you need sometimes to relocate to a small town where the the zoning is not so stringent. Because Oh, absolutely. I have a guy who boards birds here, and he's looking for property. And there's a certain, I think he said it had to be A2. Yeah. Okay. A2. So anyway, I'd love to hear your story. I'll I'll be quiet. I'm going to mute. Um, it, that's interesting. I'd, um, so my, my husband is the harbor master of Oceanside. I wonder what oh, wow. kind of zoning he has because they're butted up right next to, um, sorry, my heckle birds are, are going off in the background. But <laughs> I just think I'm getting a yacht of chickens. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll have a check the zoning there. But, um, okay, um, go, go ahead, um, I, I, I kind of interrupted. I was kind of musing about that. But um, go ahead and um, if you so, want to tell your story. So, Deborah, yeah, tell us about the gentleman that's looking for a piece of property. You're boarding some of his birds. Tell, tell uh, us about well, him. I, it's boarding, but I don't charge him, so I, <laughs> I don't know what it is exactly. <laughs> but they they were supposed to be here till he could find a property because he lives in Glendale, and he's definitely not allowed roosters there. So right. he was looking to somewhere he could say, okay, well, you know, they're searching for a property. It shouldn't be too long. Okay. I, I don't know why I, I – I don't know. I don't have a good time sense on how long it takes people to buy houses. But it's been officially over a year now. And he, oh, um, for goodness sake. Uh, yeah, he started off with 10 chickens in a 4 by 4 good, a nice-sized dog run. And then a couple of them were jerks, so we took them out and put them in crates outside over my area. And slowly, as birds come in, they keep adopting more birds. So I think they're up to uh, 40 to 60 birds somewhere. Oh, for goodness sake. They've taken up a good section of my my area, but that's okay because, you know, I like to keep – I don't have a set number. It's not I have to have 162 birds or less. I have – does it take me 
uh, less than an hour and a half to feed and water everybody. If it starts getting to two hours, oh, I got to I got to have to rehome some people, and the decision on how to rehome the rehomers, right? Because they've already come to me. Is um, are they biters? Anyone that's a biter, they get the first trip to a sanctuary. Tell um, us about the sanctuaries. Uh, there are there's there were two, um, one just closed from a family dispute and now they no longer have theirs but there's another guy who's out in Acton and uh he's just low-key off the grid has five acres of absolutely nothing and a couple of those big uh 10 by 20 carports and he uh puts the new ones in there so they get to quarantine for a few days and then he brings out giant pallets of food and feeds pe- feeds the birds and leaves again and he has helpers that go down and check on them once or twice a day um, but he's not, like, well-known either. I only knew him because I had to take a bunch of ducks before I ever started my sanctuary, and I was like, oh, my goodness. We what do we need to do with these? <laughs> yeah, so he took the ducks. Uh, now I know of another guy in, uh, who was in Lake Elsinore, and now he moved somewhere in San Diego, and he does purely duck rescue. And I have a guy who's about five, ten minutes from me, and he does pigeon and duck rescue. And then um, I have uh, falconers that do hawk and falcons, and I do the roosters. And I have L.A. County, Orange County, and um, some of the small cities all call me for their roosters and chicks. So you I mean like the, the the animal control folks, right? Yeah, the animal control people, which was, I thought it was weird when the animal control guy came here. I was said, just going to say. more than one I... rooster? I'm like, yeah, I have seven of yours. I wanted you to tell that part of the story about it. So you have animal control and you're, you're maybe out, but you know, but you're telling them, look, I come to your animal control shelters and pick yeah. up birds for you. You're so, the ones that call me. So yeah. yeah, I have your birds here. Do you want to see which ones they were? <laughs> In fact, they called me for one once. Can you come get it today? Yeah, sure. I think he's sick and da da da. Yeah, okay, that's okay. I'll, I'll come check him out. Well, I get there. Okay, he wasn't sick. It was a very rare, endangered bird from South America. And I'm oh, like, for oh, take- my God. Did you know you have a – I can't remember the name of it now, but you know you know, this is a blah, blah. And they go, oh, no, we thought it was sick. No, their necks are like that, kind of like naked neck chickens are, except right. for this was, a, this, was a, this was a very tall – it looked like a modern game bird – except that it really had dinosaur eyes. You knew it wanted to mess you up. <laughs> you know, it wanted to mess you up. It so, wanted to um, fight, yep. That, that was his thing. But I just got him a couple ladies that were as close to as I could get. He turned out real nice. So, um, and, <laughs> But the, they, the animal shelter was going to put him down. I'm like, you know that's a critically endangered animal, right? They don't know uh, anything. You don't know anything? They don't no, know they anything. But I do no, want to tell the story of how I met Deborah, if you guys, if you'll pardon me. And then I, I, I want, after that, Deb, I'd like for you to let everybody know how they can help. So there is a, a local feed store here in um, Vista, California. And one day I was uh, frantic, having a crazy-ass day. And up walked another lady that looked like she was having a crazy-ass day. 
And we, we got to talking, of course. You're, you're, Danielle, you know your mother never meets a stranger. I'll bet Deborah's family could say the uh-huh. same thing about her. And we got to talking, and all of a sudden we just realized that, that, that she was my tribe. And um, that, that, you know, we had all the same interests. I told her about my birds. She told me about her birds. And we just talked and talked and talked. And we, we, the, the, the place that we connected on was two levels. One of them was our love of leghorns and the difference between California leghorns and regular leghorns. And my, at that time, uh, lavender Orpingtons. And um, I'm sad to say I don't have any of them left, although Deborah ended up then, since I had to get rid of my birds, um, uh, has brought me about four or five of my grand chickens. And um, that, right. always, that always blesses me. Um, I've been up there a couple of times uh, when uh, she needed to spray her birds, and she's come down here a couple of times when I needed to, to spray my birds. And um, it, it, whenever she comes down to San Diego doing Rue Uber, which uh, I'm going to have Deb tell what that means um, in, when she talks about ways people can help, um, she stops by and I make her barbecue pork chops and salad and she loves my loves food because by that time when she come, makes a, a running trip down to San Diego to pick up birds and drop off birds and do all the things that she's doing, she stops here for lunch and um, a, a few breaths and uh, lets her dogs out to pee and um, and it's it's just been a, a beautiful, wonderful friendship and I want you know I, I want you to know how grateful I am to you, Deborah, for your friendship over the, how long have I known you now? About what, five years I don't years know. Now? It's been a while. Yeah, about five before years. Before I started the rescue. Yes, it was before the So I started the rescue. the rescue in February 2020, so it was before that. Yes. yes. And it had to be spring because I went all the way to Vista just to get chicks. Yeah. Yes, it was springtime. We met in front of the store. We were both getting chicks at that time and discussing the um, the uh, the ins and outs of Merrick's disease and how to keep chickens healthy and you know the different ones here and the different ones there and oh she's got this kind of bird and she's got that kind of bird. Uh, so one it time. was it was definitely after the quarantine ended, but before February 2020. So and so the quarantine gap in there. Deborah, you need to tell them what the quarantine was since you mentioned oh, it. Oh, the now. quarantine was horrible. It was a uh, Newcastle's disease, and um, the uh, it started out like in Riverside County, and then it kind of spread mm-hmm. all over. And birds were infected with this Newcastle disease, which if you get a bird with Newcastle disease, it's going to die within three days. Now, if you can still eat the bird, and it can still lay eggs, and you can still eat the eggs, but it kills the commercial birds. So then the state takes it very seriously because I had read it. Eggs are like our number five agricultural thing. And so Mm -hmm. when all these big factories are losing hundreds of birds, they want to deal with it. But they went after the home chicken flocks. And, uh, oh, they would show up to your house. and then They killed millions of birds. birds. It was horrible. They did. There's I remember a Facebook that. That's group crazy. SOB, Save Our Birds. I was and, just oh, going to mention lady, that. Yeah, well, she has her video on there from when the animal people showed up, and it is truly traumatizing. And I, when I go to visit her, if a white truck drives down her street and she doesn't know, I mean, she like looks like she's going to faint. Uh, they showed up on a... Like three days earlier than they said. They said they were coming on a Monday. They came on a Friday. They had guns. They had giant bolt cutters. They cut open the fencing 
and her 10-year-old son was by himself, and he wanted to save his birds. He was going to throw them over the fence, but then he was afraid he was going to get shot, so he calls his mom instead. Mom gets there and then starts iPhoning, the, uh, videoing everything that happened, Facebook Live. And, oh, my gosh, it was very It was a terrible time. It was a terrible time. It was horrible. Time. And so then they, anyone that tested positive for a bird, they'd go random around people's houses. If you did test positive, they would kill your birds. And then they would make a one-mile radius, and they would take everybody else's birds. So if you were near a commercial place, you got got. However, it seemed, in my personal view, I'm not speaking for anyone else, that they picked on a lot of minorities, a lot of people that either didn't speak English or were afraid they'd be deported. That um, happens that the first lady was an average American white lady you'd see wandering around the store. You'd see at the chicken feed store, you know, buying mm-hmm. food for her horses and for her kids. And uh, I, they made a big example out of her. And where she lived, she was in, I, I would say, a, just a regular suburban type area, but that also allowed horses. And right. uh, you had to have all your birds cooped with roofs and all that. And um, they were supposed to come to her place on Monday. They came on Good Friday. And I think there were loose birds. And I think that's part of what triggered the dramatic response. But I don't know that 100%. I do right. know that they killed all her birds in very inhumane ways. And that poor little Dolores, the dirt turkey, came running up and gobbling at her. And they grabbed her by the neck and threw her to the ground. Right there on video. And I got PTSD. It was so, horrible. Yeah, and we had to back places and stopped baby chicks. Who stomped the baby chick? They're, they they did awful things, and then from there they shut down the entire state. None of us could buy birds. None of us could could trade sell eggs. None of us could buy eggs. It was terrible. It was a very terrible time. Well, if it ever happens yeah. again, I guess we know we can go to Trader Joe's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they'd let them in, it depends. It's weird <clears throat> that those they are fertilized eggs, and so are the happy hens at um, Sprouts and uh, um, Whole Foods. But, I mean, there are groups on Facebook that that's all they do, and they talk about how to find the Julian date and how you find the birds. But the problem is is that not just people who want to hatch Trader Joe's eggs, which I do think that would be an interesting science experiment for a, for a elementary school, grade school person, if they have plans on what they're going to do with any roosters. All these, I got so many birds in about April, May this year, because everybody did their kindergarten programs, their right. preschool programs, and uh, then they all got these gorgeous little uh, boys. In fact, I got one yesterday. A school teacher from Pacific Palisades drove one down to me uh, yesterday. Gorgeous Polish, gorgeous. And uh, she orders in eggs from the Midwest, gets them shipped to her school, and they don't do it every year, but they do it quite often. And then the parents take them home, and again, like this one, their favorite one started crowing, and a teacher actually took that one back, which is not usually the instance, but this lady was a very nice lady. She took it back, and then so she brought me that guy yesterday, a really cute little guy. And then um, I get so many way awesome birds, and they're all hand, almost all of them are hand-raised because they were somebody's pet, and then they started crowing. And when they're little and you're watching TV and they just want to sit on your chest and cuddle with you and then – you got to bring them to me. 
and they do have to be quarantined when I get them. They're in a, they cannot be in with the other birds until two or three weeks have passed. And I've, it's supposed to be a month. And I kind of cut it short at three weeks. But I've gone back to almost the full month because I've had a lot pass away at two and a half, three weeks. They'll be perfectly fine. And then I come in in the morning and they're all dead. I'm like, what the heck? It happens. That's just somebody telling me, hey, you need to do your quarantine, lady. Okay. I got the message. I got the message. So can you tell people how to help you, Deborah? Ways that we can, uh, you know, assist Well, we're on the Facebook, and I know that uh, Miss Carla here doesn't quite appreciate the whole name of our group, but it is uh, Rescue Ruse Adopt a Cock. (laughs) Are you kidding? I want that on a T-shirt. I have them on T-shirts. Your mom wouldn't take it. She said, I'm not wearing Adopt a Cock across my chest. I said, well, okay. You could have had a free T-shirt, but your mom blew it for you. Sorry. Yeah. 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 How can we help? Wear the T-shirt. That's how we can help. Yeah, you can wear the T-shirt. You can. Um, we have a uh, – I always need feed, always, because I pay for all this myself. I am not a nonprofit. I'm not a 501c3. I talk to my friends who have those, and to be honest, it is not worth it for me to be able to do it because I'm not going to do any tax breaks. I just pay for it myself. If people Bless donate, they great. I charge. I don't charge to adopt a bird. I ask for two weeks worth of food. Now I would hope that they bring a little more than two weeks, but uh, just today I got a Ziploc baggie sandwich baggie of chicken food. Well, okay. oh my god! Yeah, it was a <laughs> tiny little chick, but it's going to eat more than a sandwich baggie of food. But uh, yeah, okay. I just don't say anything because you know what? What am I going to do? Send them back? Go get more food? And then you know, what I mean, it's not worth it. Yeah. But then somebody else. You know, we'll show up with three or four bags of food. I wanted to bring you extra. Great. One lady showed up yesterday with a big flat of kale and then fresh um, tomatoes. Um, lots of people just say, can I just send you some money? I, well, I, you can Venmo. I have a Venmo and I have a PayPal. All that info's on the um, Rescue Brews Adopt-A-Cock. If you want to volunteer i'm in los angeles so it's a little ways but you could have an adventurous day and come and you know go to the aquarium or something in long beach it's seven miles from me and you could come and then afterwards volunteer and most of the volunteer jobs are snuggling kitchen chickens you got to cuddle them so i got to have everybody held otherwise they're not friendly when i give them back um breaking i usually have a guy that gets hired in um, if I do get donations, I can hire him in, and he'll do all the scoop, coop, scooping, if you know what I'm saying. We got it, um, yep. we yeah. Yeah, not picture. everybody wants to scoop, coop. But, um, yeah, we have a, there's a lot of little volunteer jobs we can do. Like sometimes we have to put in new perches so they can sit on the thing, or I need to rearrange the where these crates are because i got to um, find more room or <laughs> I have less room or um there's always something on the Rescue Ruse Adopt-A-Cock page, and uh, that's usually where people can help. Wonderful. That they can is help wonderful. by not hatching extra birds that they don't have plans for. That's a Yeah, that right would there. be good. Right? not trying uh, to be snotty or rude, but I've got a friend that's really on me for I need to be educating people. We went to lunch yesterday. Now you need to educate. Okay, I'm educating. I'm educating. So, yeah, so yes, I officially right. have you guys as proof that I've educated today. You yes. tell yes. tell your friend that you let us know about unless you have a plan to take care of roosters, um, then don't hatch. yeah, don't hatch. And you know, although it, you know, we all know it's a lot of fun, 
But but keep oh, in is. mind that 50% of them likely will be roosters, maybe more. Well, I and the other deal is, is that sometimes <laughs> stuff just happens, and you have the best, best hatch ever, you have your most favorite birds you've ever had ever, and then all of a sudden everybody just dies for no reason, and yes. you're killing yourself trying to decide what the heck did I do. Sometimes right. you didn't do anything. My favorite little three-and-a-half-week-old one had bronchial pneumonia, and I had her in the art studio. I was painting. Her name was Patience, and she was the only one that hatched out of her six eggs. I love that bird. And then I woke up in the morning, and she was totally dead. I'm like, what the heck? It's always the favorite ones that die, too. It's always. always. That's the one. That's If I was going to give anybody a piece of advice is don't, don't name them. <laughs> don't say they're your favorite because it's like bad juju. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's always the, your favorite one. Yeah. R.I.P. Brown magically dies for no reason. What a blessing! Thank you so much for coming, Deborah. Um, so the again, the Facebook group is Rescue Ruse Adopt a Cock. Adopt a Cock. Yes, and um, it, it it pains me to say it, but. I, I love the name, even though I didn't want a T-shirt. And um, de- this is a this is a rescue worthy of your time, energy, and donations. And I hope that oh, anybody that's listening um, finds it in their heart to do that. Um, you know, a lot of different rescue organizations get big dollars from people, and and this this <laughs> yeah, that is not me. That would not be Deborah, um, but but this is a, a a valuable service to the community, to the chicken community, which you know we're pretty legion these days, um, yeah. and definitely worth a donation. And, and I'm any the only and all one in Southern California that will take see, all the. I will, I and I can attest to that. So okay, so so do you have just one more uh, uh, time for like one or two more questions? Sure. Okay, so speaking of educating. Um, do you think is there have you come across a way to get roosters to just not crow? Like I know it, people are like it's, in, no. it's you know this is a the little answer is no. No, okay. I'm saving this time. The answer is no. Okay. All right. Yeah. Crow oh, collar, no. The answer is no. They <laughs> sing when they want to sing. Okay. They, um, you know chickens are very smart though. I mean, when I'm a dog trainer and that's my that's what I do for a job and back when clicker training came into fashion for learning how to clicker train your dog because they did dolphins and they went to dogs, I paid a lot of money to go to Bob Bailey's chicken camp. I didn't even I didn't have chickens at the time. But you would clicker train these chickens how to do things, and they got fed with a little tiny piece of corn and operant behavior, positive reinforcement. And you right. could, at the end of the day, you got your chicken going through a little agility course. And, of course, you know, I won because I'm pushy like that. I got to win. <laughs> and, uh, but they, you, we did not – and they, those were all these different leghorns running around. And you just clicker trained them. And they had never done it before. He just went got them from a battery farm. Uh, that's a good thing, too, if you – have an egg farm near you and you want to get some layers, go to a local egg farm and ask for their retirees, and they will still lay up to 80% of their original uh, output, but um, you're saving some birds there, and you don't get roosters that way. That's, it's true. Oh, you will yeah. not get a rooster from a battery farm. They they get rid of them yeah, right they, at the outset. Yeah, yeah, they, wanna... yeah those are there are no roosters there. I've actually kind of been on a campaign for the last couple of years to get vegans to get backyard chickens. Wait for it. I know they all get, you know, kind of flustered. They won't eat um, the eggs. Exactly. And you can, you know, and you can 
take abused or um, or retired or you know chickens that we you know so they don't die and love them, right. give them a great home, give let them free range, give them organic you know kale sprouts or whatever you know you, <laughs> you've got. Give the eggs to the homeless people. There you yes, go. or to your neighbors, you know, or even to your neighbors, so that they stop participating in, you know, the big farm system. Battery, you know, battery farming. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I have several um, of those. We did a big roundup for all our people. I said, okay, I'm going to the thing. How many people want to go? And wow, I think we got about 300 birds that day. The poor lady oh, wow. at the battery farm almost had a heart attack when she saw all these people lined up. Oh, uh, she's, I think she thought I was going to take them all in my car. How am I going to fit that many in my car? <laughs> but now that's a I said, don't car. worry about it. We'll hold them up in line. And everybody got their little rescue chickens. And um, they were, it was called Gone Straw Farms out of Riverside, California. And they were really awesome people. And they had leghorns and they had red stars. And both of those are very high-building breeds. They, yep. Uh, over 300 eggs a year. So then when you get them and they're only at 80%, you're still higher than some of the other fancier breeds that you get because they lay 300 eggs a year. And talk about a blessing for that chicken that's been in a cage its entire life and to get get out and, like, go be a chicken. What a blessing. They they didn't even know what grass was. was, Some people sent some videos after we did that last (sighs) one, and the birds were just – so in awe of having a yard and a bush and, a, and they're running around and they're rolling on the ground because, you know, they're in, you know, small, like dog cage size, unless they're, some of them do the um, free range, which is just a giant yard where everybody's, you know, pretty much look like they're at stagecoach or something and <laughs> you're wandering yeah. around the crowd trying to find we yourself had- to the snack bar. <laughs> Yeah, we adopted, um, well, first we had two that we got just from the, the feed stores, and then we adopted, like, six. Um, it was yes. a, a flock, and um, we found out real quick, that's why, you know, that we can't have micros that way, uh, bantams, yeah. because the hawks just picked them up or, you know, whatever. But the lady who, like, these were her pets, and long story short, she had to get rid of them. She didn't want to, but she wanted to, like, make sure they went to a good home. So she, yeah. um, she came to the started. farm. Yeah, came to the farm, and she looked in the backyard, and she goes, oh, you have grass. Not for yeah. long. <laughs> she said, I, you won't I, have I it go for there. long. <laughs> We're like, okay. I go to help Carla there at her coop, and uh, the last, first time we went to spray, I think we had 80 birds we needed to do. And so uh, I caught, she sprayed, and then we put them in a, in a coop so that we – didn't keep shooting the same ones twice, right? <laughs> yeah. We were running around, and oh, I wore Carla out. We were pooped. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I remember that. So we're yeah. we're now building the, the, the Coop Mahal down the hill. Um, oh, how nice. So, yeah. yeah, we're getting them away from the house because, um, there, I mean, there are some things that, that um, are negative about having chickens. They, they, um, they tend to attract pests um, and predators. But you know we we've got some some uh, rats now, so um, oh. you know no, they won't even spray like pest control companies won't even spray if you've got uh, a flock of birds too close to your house. No, so. because it'll it'll kill them. And uh, uh, honestly, I had so many rats here my first year. I'm it was horrible. They would steal my baby chicks. They were eating it. They ate my car. They ate the guy who works for us car. They yep. ate all my wiring. 
But they went inside and ate his brand new upholstery on his little show car that he was doing. So that wasn't a good thing. That's not but, a good um, yeah. The only way I got rid of him, I went to my local rescue that I volunteer with, which is Animals Rule in San Pedro, and I got their meanest cat that they could have. His name was Barnum. I told you. I named him Barnum O Ninja because the minute you go to touch him, he would O Ninja you. So um, <laughs> Barnum O Ninja was there, and then he would started doing a good job. I just locked him in the coop with the chickens. There, go in the coop, buddy. So he stayed in there with the chickens for about two and a half, three weeks. Like he'd get fed in there, he'd get water, and then one day he was out. And so ever since then, he just roams around wherever he wants to roam. But then I adopted two more. I ordered, got feisty and fury. Uh, again, these ones were girls this time because I heard that the girls are supposed to be better mousers than boys. I don't yes. know that for a fact, but that's what everybody told me. So then I had a boy, one boy and two girls, and then now, now there's like eight back there. I, I, I don't know I how I got so many, so. but I, I some know, just but show I... up. But that's the only way to get rid of them. I have zero rats or mice now. I just have a ton of cats wandering around. Okay. Yeah, but I have dogs, dogs that will kill cats. The dogs keep the hawks away, so that's good. Yes, Nala keeps the hawks away for sure. Yep, but I, yeah. I, I, we my there concern, once there was my some concern would be that animal. Nala would kill the cats, and so we're having a long-standing argument on the radio program today because I'm like, okay, that's a great idea, but my dog will kill a cat. So how many cats has she ever killed? Uh, okay, we'll have this discussion in her mind off the or in air. real life. Yeah, in, in, her, in her mind, in her mind, wants, probably two hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in her mind, she she wants to kill anything that's in her yard. So we'll yeah. ha- we will have this argument off the set. Um, oh, and and guess what? Uh, yep. Yeah, I but here's the thing. I, I'm not averse to getting cats. I'm not. And so we'll see how that works out. I mean, we just have to be you able get to get the, the cats dog. and you put them in the coop. Where they can't get out. I mean, they're in the coop area. They don't yep, get well, out of there. Yep. Until okay. they get out of there. And then they figure out real quick they don't want to be where Nala is, so they'll go back in. Okay. Yeah, and Nala doesn't go in the coop. No, she doesn't go in there. No, and she, I, I left the door a little bit open last time. I couldn't get it quite latched. And she didn't come in at all. She no. stood right she, next to us. I said, uh, Carla, I can't latch this. And she said, hold on. <laughs> so Nala was being – and Nala gets along with my tiny little dogs. I have small dogs. And she was very kind to them. Um, she did want to pounce them a little, but that wasn't mean pouncing. That was play pouncing. Play yes. pouncing and, uh, mm-hmm. So yes, I don't girl. know how she would act with a cat. Well, ha- well, we this this discussion is to be t- to be continued. We'll have to because yeah. I definitely, if there are you know barn cats available, something to think about. So I am always excited about you. Yeah got to come today um and uh i i think we should continue this discussion um perhaps you could come on in a couple of months and um again and ask for more uh, support from the community um, I, yeah, I, need, I always need chicken food you she I said always i always need chicken food food and they Absolutely. can order uh chewy delivers at walmart.com they have a 40 pound bag for 15 dollars so they can always order it and have it delivered to me. They would still need to find me. Um, the best way would be on Rescue Ruse, Adopt a Cock at Facebook, and just say, hey, I want to send you something. And then I'll private message over my address because I don't even post that on the page just because I don't want right. people showing up here and dropping off chickens. But, and they will. 
and yeah, they're throwing them over the fence and all that. Yeah, I've no. had them, some <laughs> thrown the fence already. And uh, apparently, two weeks ago, we had somebody ride up on a bicycle, crawl up over the six foot fence and the two feet of chain link, crawl over, go into Richard's section, which he's got a whole separate section, go in, take two of his cages. Put one cage inside the other, put the two birds inside the thing, threw the cage up over the fencing, crawled themselves up over the fencing, and rode their bike away. And we only know that because the next-door neighbor's camera caught it. Our camera didn't shoot that part. So well, that's got odd. So they stole two birds, and they weren't any. they weren't the endangered bird. They weren't the expensive bird. It wasn't a big old gamecock fighting bird, and they had to go pick and choose which ones they wanted, which is the weirdest thing. Because Strange. Wait, you're, you're a rescue, aren't you? All of, I mean, aren't you about rehoming? Yeah, but not about stealing and going off the fence. And they could have just asked me. We probably would have well, handled it. Exactly. To them, but, uh, like, well, that's kind of my point. It's like you don't need to steal them. It's a it's a no. rescue. You, you can. We just... have no idea. I mean, they can hear all the roosters. So I mean, anybody could hear it. But it was a dude on a bicycle. And then he rode Weird. down the street with a 36-inch dog crate, with a 24-inch dog crate inside of it, and two chickens. And he rode down the street balancing this thing on, on between his shoulder and the back of the bike. That's funny. Our yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I, would, I thought Maybe. the guy with it, I thought... I really thought Richard and his daughter were being a little bit loony because who's going to crawl over the fence and steal chicken? And why would they go past? They went past all my little small crates that are easy to pick up, like a little 18-incher that you can just pick up and take off to go way back through the uh, – they had to weave their way through the coops to get to that area. It would be like passing your mom's garden, going to the thing, and getting that coop that's behind the main coop. Finding yeah. birds out of there and then working. And I had two border collies loose. So I don't know how they got, although I did have the dog got sick like a day later. So I'm now thinking perhaps it was sick because of getting, you know, fed something poisonous or something. Oh, um, it, it was really sick for a day or two. And then um, two of them were. I'm like, what's going on? Because my dogs will let you in, but they will not let you back out again. You are not getting out. They've pinned people in the bathroom before. So, well, why oh, wow. you go in there without asking me? So, uh, Nala, on the other hand, will not let you in. <laughs> so, yeah, no. You're not getting in. You're going to be dead at the doorstep. Mine won't let you back out. We're going to find you there in the morning. <laughs> so, very strange. <laughs> well, um, well, thanks again, Deborah, for, for coming on and, and talking about your organization. Thank you for everything you do. Um, you know, this is this is something that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the roosters just get, killed um or sent to yes. bad situations so we we really appreciate you you know filling in stepping up a lot up of them and, go to what they call they call them rooster roundups and um i'm like please don't advertise that on my page because that's rooster roundup is they're processing them all and i get that if some people are farmers and that's what they do and that's how they feed their families and that's i get that but these are our pets on this page so Please don't right. put the rooster roundup on that. <laughs> okay. So yeah, thanks again for calling in, and then Thank you. Um, and you're welcome back anytime. Um, we I really oh, appreciate. I really love this conversation. Thank you. I have enjoyed have it as day. well. Yeah. Take care. I gotta go yeah. finish feeding chickens. Okay. <laughs> go get them, tiger. Bye. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. It's funny though because that's the re- like that's how you end yours. Like that's how you end your segment. Um, yeah. 
I gotta go gotta feed go, my chickens. Gotta go feed the chickens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, and I wonder if she knows about the, about food banks um, for chicken feed or chicken food. Uh, yes, she does. Okay, yes, she cool. does. We all do. So that what Danielle is talking about is uh, here in California, they passed uh, legislation that um, no store is allowed to throw food away anymore. They have to donate it. They have to figure out somewhere for it to go to a farm, to a to a food yeah. bank, to uh, you know, to, to to somewhere, which is really good. Um, you know, I, I, this is the one time mm-hmm. where I felt like like government actually did something helpful. Um, and so uh, now there's it food banks all over Southern California that gets beautiful food. Mm-hmm. And for food mm-hmm. that they cannot give to humans, there's uh, tons, literally, of what they call animal food. And um, I go and I pick up a couple of hundred pounds a week from my local food bank to the chickens. Cool. One of the things that is um, true about um, our birds now, um, you really cannot free range them. We all have this picture of idyllic picture of the chickens just out clucking around and pecking around and it's not fair to the chickens. It's like making them into a chicken buffet because of predators. Exactly. So, um, so they have to be contained, but that also kind of cuts off their natural um, feeding um, uh, mannerisms, I suppose is the right word. So you have to supplement their diets with the greens and believe it or not, with protein as, as you know, they're little um, omnivores. They eat just about everything. So you have to supplement, mm-hmm. you know, with with uh, um, with different foods so that they can stay healthy and provide good eggs. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I pick up that food um, uh, t- uh, once a week on Saturdays and supplement their diets and they really love it. So. Um, so, yeah, she does know about that. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you can even walk into any Sprouts, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's and say, got any greens now? And they will give you a box of greens or, you know, whatever they're going to throw away. They go in and trim up a beautiful head of romaine le- lettuce. But all that stuff on the outside would be, you know, a reward for a chicken. And so instead of throwing it away, which, A, they're not allowed to do anymore. And, you know, also it's just good um, stewardship to to not dispose of that uh, of right. those. Right. Um, didn't your local sprout say, "Sorry, you can, we can't do it because of you know yes. you could sue us or something"? I'm sure that was before the law was passed. That was before the law was passed. I was going um, every couple of days down to the sprouts just at the bottom of my hill, and they would give me this couple of huge boxes of beautiful food for my chickens. And then one day they said, "I'm sorry, corporate said we're no longer allowed to do that because we got sued." somebody's animal got sick supposedly from the food that we were donating and they sued us assholes anyway. Right. (laughs) And I I wonder about this, about this, the fact that, um, you know, I I wonder if it's under good Samaritan laws because um, I've been talking for a long time about like, why are not, why are tree fruit trees not lining the side of the road and the, you know, the city of Carlsbad says, well, we could get sued. Um, right. If somebody ate, the, ate a piece of fruit and got sick, we could get sued, which I find absolutely ridiculous. They're growing these stupid trees. I mean, we all need shade. We all need trees. But why not fruit trees? I mean, that didn't make any sense to me. And they said, no, because if somebody eats the food, they could sue us if they got sick. So 
Right. So speaking of chickens, um, I'd love to get to my good news report so that I can go take care of my animals, just like Deborah. Mm-hmm. She's got to go feed the chickens. Um, I need to feed mine as well. I do have a ton, literally, of good news today if you guys are ready for me to do that. Yeah. We're ready. Okay. So I want to um, – I, I don't I, – do I need this? Do I have this in the right order? Not necessarily. So – Um, I'm going to start off with the CIA whistleblower claims agency bribed their own analysts to say uh, COVID did not come from Wuhan. We have bombshell Republican report exposing the alleged virus origins cover up. So we're getting closer every single day to the stuff that we've known since day one. But but remember, we were censored and and our voices were were silenced if we, you know, said anything outside the narrative. According to a veteran senior level serving agency officer, the CIA assigned seven officers to a COVID discovery team. At the end of their investigation, six of the seven believed the intelligence pointed to a low confidence assessment that COVID-19 originated in a lab in Wuhan, China. The seventh member, the most senior on the team, believed it evolved naturally. The other six were given a significant monetary incentive to change their position, according to the whistleblowers. So our government pulling its uh, just uh, its regular old shenanigans, and um, we're not real happy about that. Um, so along the censorship, uh, speaking of censorship, um, so there has been that big, beautiful case that we have said – is the most important free speech case over the last 50 years. Um, Two lower courts now have said they proved their case just with just the discovery from what they got from their depositions um, that it it was happening. um, But the the government has said, but we still want to do it. And we still think we should be able to. And um, uh, they, they got an injunction against them from doing it even though we know they're probably still doing it and um but the supreme court sadly put missouri v biden on temporary hold so that means they're going to take it up which is good even though it's kind of crummy that they uh, put the injunction on hold um it says last weekend we were wondering whether or not the biden administration would bother appealing yet another loss with the missouri v biden decision After both the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and a lower court found that the administration had colluded with big tech to censor Americans on social media. It looks like we just got our answer on Thursday night. The U.S. Supreme Court, by an order from Justice Samuel Samuel Alito, granted a preliminary injunction on the decision on hold until next Friday, September 22nd. Responses from the plaintiffs are due by Wednesday, September 20th. I would like to, to do what I usually call a pop quiz. Elizabeth, what could be the argument that the government would make to say that it's good for them to be able to go to social media companies and tell them to silence American citizens? What, what argument would you, do you think they would be able to make? How about you, Danielle? Can you think of what they, what they would say? Um, I would say it's for your safety. Right, it's a safety issue. I, I would say they didn't have to make an argument. They simply gave them the blood money. That's it. Everybody rolled over and played this game for their yeah. COVID. 
Yeah. It's all about money. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Nobody requires that here's your bonus. Yep. Well, yeah, but and they're not allowed yeah. to do that. They're, they're you know not. I, mean? like, I, I <laughs> understand. Oh, it's, 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 it's unconstitutional. It's run by an oligarchy of corporations that, that are all about money. Come on. Well, no. It's, it's not. So, yeah, we know why corporations. Yeah, you're right. Corp, we know oh, that corporations my. do that. But the government's <laughs> not allowed to. <laughs> What is the government allowed to do? Tell me. Write a book. Turn on the TV. What do you? <laughs> they do whatever they want. Well, oh my God. and that's I why think. they're getting taken to court for this one. Now, keep in mind, <clears throat> they said exactly what you just said, Elizabeth. We're going to do it anyway. And and Danielle is correct. They they said they're doing it for our safety. They're for our safety. They're keeping us safe from from learning things. While the appeals court has narrowed the scope of what federal agencies are involved, what federal agencies are involved, it nevertheless found that the White House, in concert with the Surgeon General's office, likely one coerced the platforms to make their moderation decisions by way of intimidating messages and threats of adverse consequences, and two significantly encouraged the platforms' decisions by commandeering their decision-making process, both in violation of the First Amendment. It had to go to the Supreme Court. It had to. U.S. Solicitor General Elizabeth Prelegard told the justices that if the unprecedented order is allowed to stand, it would put a Louisiana district judge in charge of overseeing the executive branch's communications with social media companies. So this is why. Okay, so she said, look, right now it's in a district judge court. He doesn't have the the 100-mile view to be able to see the whole picture. He's just a Louisiana court judge. We want you, uh, Supreme Court, to overlook it. And in that respect, they're correct. All the other ways, they're scurvy, slimy, scum-sucking dogs. Okay. Um, We have information uh, that um, Danielle touched on uh, in the um, Jimmy Dore article or Jimmy Dore's, um, excuse me, uh, segment where Mm -hmm. um, in California, I'm going to do something a little bit with medical tyranny, which I'm excited about. Um, Where is it? I can't find it, of course. While you look look for that, um, maybe we should um, start um, at the end of each of your, your stories um, rating it as either um, good news or everything, or everything is, stupid. is stupid. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. So I won't say what I think it is, but this one is a case that I've been following for a very long time. It has to do with medical tyranny. So um, Amish girl 12 is cancer-free two years after her family was forced into hiding over court battle to force her to have chemotherapy as judge drops the case. Sarah Harshberger, now 12, no longer shows signs of being sick, and a judge has formally ended her court-ordered guardianship. The Hirschberger family fled their Ohio home to go to Mexico in 2013 after they stopped Sarah from receiving chem- chemotherapy treatment. The hospital went to court after the family decided to treat Sarah with natural medicines such as herbs and vitamins. At the time, doctors at Akron Children's Hospital said her leukemia was treatable, but that she would die without chemotherapy. 
A judge formally ended the court-ordered guardianship of an Amish girl who resisted a hospital's attempts to force her to resume chemotherapy, bringing to a close the fight that raised questions about the rights of parents in making medical decisions for their children. The judge's decision announced Friday came more than a year after Sarah Hirschberger's guardian gave up her efforts to force the girl into chemotherapy for leukemia. So they assigned a court-ordered guardian to this girl. Um, and took the rights away from the parents because the parents didn't want her to have the treatment anymore. Sarah and her parents went into hiding in the fall of 2013. Sarah, who is now 12, no longer shows signs of being sick, said Kevin Dunn, a probate judge in Medina County. A visit to her home in August found that Sarah was active and working daily on the family farm. She appeared healthy and appropriately developed, he wrote. She's had MRIs and blood work, and the judge over the last year helped facilitate at least one trip to the Cleveland Clinic. The MRIs did not show any cancer, Maurice Thompson, the family's attorney, told the Medina Gazette. Once you have it, you're never 100% out of the woods whether or not you get chemotherapy. I know she looks... I know how she looks isn't really an indication of whether she has cancer, but she's looking very healthy. However, Dunn cautioned her parents that she, that she is not fully recovered and warned that she's, they still have a duty to provide her care under Ohio laws. So they took this child out of the chemotherapy because it was making her deathly ill. And they said, we don't want her to have it anymore. Doctors at Akron Children's Hospital said Sarah's condition was treatable, but they argued that she would die within a year if she stopped chemotherapy. The hospital um the court fight began in the summer of 2013 when parents, Sarah's parents decided to halt treatments because they feared the chemotherapy was killing her. They went after this family with, uh, with the entire uh, weight of the state to force her to take that medicine, and the, the parents said, no, it's killing her. And we all know what chemotherapy does to the body. Um, so that's it's really good news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. So another really piece of good news. Um, uh, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler is going to step down. Um, and he says he's not going to step in Seattle. Since ele- Wheeler was elected mayor in 2016, the city has faced numerous challenges. So that's good news. Um, another piece of great news is that Mitt Romney has decided to not run for re-election. That makes me really happy. Um, Okay, and speaking of medical tyranny, I found one that I was supposed to um, talk about. It says, New York, um, Kathy Holchel is still fighting to put people in quarantine camps, even after it had been previously been ruled unconstitutional. Unsurprisingly, it's New York AG Letitia James who's helping the Holchel regime fight for tyranny. So I would like, Danielle... If you would play this clip, I'm going to put it in um, the Seeds of Change. Um, excuse me, Seeds of Change uh, chat, if you don't mind. Okay. Carla, do you think we're going to have to suffer another round of Mitt Romney running for president? Uh, I think so. I, God, I hope not. God, <laughs> I, I hope so. not. Yeah, That's no. Why. <laughs> um uh he he's decided not to run for Senate again because he knew he uh-huh. we were coming for him. 
<laughs> and so probably I, I, I hope he doesn't think that he has any chance to run for president. Okay. No. Okay. I'm ready. If you are go. Okay. Three, two, one. I'm today, Rochester played host to the dispute over a COVID regulation which was previously ruled unconstitutional. Advocates gathered outside the appellate court on Rochester's East Avenue as the court heard the final arguments in an appeal to this ruling. Some background here, in July of last year, Republican State Senator George Borrello and other plaintiffs won a lawsuit against the governor as well as the New York State Department of Health over a regulation that would ultimately allow the Commissioner of Health to issue isolation or quarantine orders in order to control the spread of the disease. The judge struck that regulation down, saying it violated constitutional separation of powers. In March of this year, New York Attorney General Letitia James filed an appeal on behalf of the governor and the DOH to try and reverse the ruling. Outside the courtroom this morning, Borrello, his attorney, and supporters of the original ruling doubling down on the fact that they feel the government is overstepping boundaries. Okay. Issuing the Department of Health to ensure that she has absolute power, absolute power. And if we don't stop them here, this goes on to other things, and it goes to other states. They can't change the provisions of a law. It is not in their power. And that's what happened here. They overstepped their power. They tried to change that law. They tried to write a whole new law. Cox says it will take a couple of months for the court to make a ruling. This may not be the end of the road for this battle. State officials could appeal the ruling again, taking the case to the State Court of Appeals in Albany. We have reached out to both the governor's office as well as the attorney general's and have yet to hear back. I'm today, Rochester yep. played okay. host to the dispute yep. over... There we go. go. going to play again. Okay, so, so they're still fighting to mandatorily COVID quarantine people. And COVID's been over for a couple of years. I have said all along that this had nothing to do with COVID. They wanted the power. They wanted to be able to... to, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And And you know what? It worked. They wanted to be let them. We let them. We let them. We won't stand up to boosters for that sake. And you're sick. Go back into your house. They have half of India locked down. I heard. And I'm like, oh, fuck. No, we are. Don't do this again, folks. Do not be so damn accommodating to their tyrannical. Exactly. Exactly. Of a three-year-old that wishes you to do things you don't want to do. And that they don't have the right. They don't have. They do not have the authority. Okay, that they one's in everything that's stupid because it's, they're no. appealing it. But go it, ahead. It, yes, it, it is, that, it, that is it, in the everything is stupid category. So here is another yes. um, one that I'd like you to play. Uh, and you can, since you've already guessed everything is stupid, this one's probably going to um, hit the same mark. Um, go. This is an AZ senator, though, and this is directly to... Um, Elizabeth's point is that we did lay down for it, but millions of us aren't anymore. So go ahead and give that one a play, Danielle. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. With the new COVID variant making its rounds, there's no better time to know the data and facts surrounding all aspects of the virus. 
our country's past and present COVID-19 response. And your rights as both an American and an Arizonan. I'm State Senator Janae Champ, registered nurse, vice chair of the Senate Committee on Health and Human Services, as well as the chair of the novel coronavirus Southwestern Intergovernmental Committee. I established this committee so that we as Americans never have to experience the horrific government overreach that we endured during this last pandemic. I know some of you are beginning to worry this might happen again. So I want to invite you to stay informed by joining in on our next committee hearing on October 20th, which aims to safeguard our freedoms because your medical autonomy is important. I also want to have an upfront and honest conversation about some data points that might ease your mind. With the creation of a new booster, I wanna make it clear that you do not have to get the vaccine if you don't want to. According to the EEOC, most employers have to accommodate beliefs that are religious or sincerely held personal beliefs. But thanks to our First Amendment's Establishment Clause, nobody gets to tell you that your beliefs are correct or incorrect. Everyone also has the right to informed consent. That was something that we were robbed of when it came to the experimental COVID-19 vaccine. As a perioperative nurse, I take this very seriously. If you're going into surgery, everything must be explained to you prior to the procedure. No questions. As a patient, you have to sign a release that you've been explained all the risks and the benefits prior to the procedure. We don't do that with these vaccines. Information regarding these vaccines was withheld and at best cherry-picked. We were straight up lied to. Let's just face it. The vaccine does not prevent transmission. We know that. The data proves it. In fact, the more vaccines you've had, the more likely you are to get the virus again. And this is the CDC's own data. Of course, that's not what we were originally told. I sponsored a bill this past session, SB 1250, which would have protected Arizonans' rights at the state level. So if your civil rights and freedoms were infringed upon by being forced to take the vaccine or lose your job, you would have been able to file a complaint with the Attorney General's office instead of having to file a federal lawsuit. Unfortunately, Governor Hobbs vetoed this proposed protection because she doesn't believe that your state rights are important. But make no mistake, your beliefs will be fought for and protected by this senator. It is my belief that every exemption should be approved. When it comes to forced mask mandates, we as a legislature created several laws to protect your freedom, which include prohibiting schools from forcing children to wear masks without a parent's consent. There's a lot of information to dive into. So again, let's continue this conversation on October 20th during the novel coronavirus Southwestern Intergovernmental Committee. I want you to be able to make the informed decisions when it comes to vaccines in your health care. And I always want to help safeguard our freedoms. I'll see you there. Thank you and God bless. Nice. That's She's good. good. Yeah, but they did know it. Of course they did, but that's, well, that's my okay. but but to that's Elizabeth's okay. point, yes, that's okay. Because there's people there's I people have fighting. Go ahead, please. There okay, are people fighting. Exactly. Go. Yeah, because everything she said is true. It was true the last time and will remain to be true. In the That's meantime, true. though, in the meantime, they have shifted gears and their new strategy is equity, equitable inclusion, 
gender right. reassignment surgeries and the 73 genders identities. I just saw a video from the UK about an, an amazing man who said, and he was a high school student, that I believe scientifically there's only two genders. The teacher went ballistic, apeshit. It reminded me of the church that went against Galileo when he said the earth was round right. and there was gravity, and they chose to flog him and then burn him at the, the stake because he went against church doctrine. And that's exactly what the teacher said. This is school uh, school policy. This is approved school pro- policy coming from the draconian overlords who says this is what we must teach in order to get our federal funding. That was basically the, uh, the asterisk, the, 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 the footnote of what he meant was that. So yes. now, that now that they put that into the equation, um, I identify as a rainbow marshmallow-flavored unicorn that's fully vaccinated, and I have pretty pink shoes. Please stay away. You can run around and you can pretend to be anything you want because they've laid the game plan to be that way. We have a, I identify a as a billionaire. Um, yeah. Michael, exactly. I'm going to let you him in. Anything you, want. you can because we're going to play by the rules. They have to play I'm, by the rules. We have a feral cat. There's a feral cat. In our high school in Algonquin, they have a litter box. They have no one can she, she hits because she can't speak. Everybody has to play their game because of these laws. And it's an actual thing. I would just like to say hello. hello. I don't identify hello. as someone who says hello, though, hey, so I'm not you? going to say hello. Um, as someone who conveniently identifies as a woman, when it's convenient for me, I yes. just want to object to everything you said because it is to be absolutely okay for me because to only true. identify as a woman when it will benefit me. And I have a funny right. anecdotal story for you guys. Hello, by the way. Hello, I love you all. Hello, hello. We love you. We love you. I love you guys. But, you know, I, I, Danielle was texting me and I was like, oh, you have to let me in because you know I love when you guys talk about gender identity because it's, it's just to me as, you know, Someone who kind of, I, I don't really identify with the LGBT community anymore because they've gone off the rails. I just see myself as a person and, you know what I mean, like I'm not into that whole mm-hmm. politics of everything. Yeah. But from my perspective, you know, we, we have someone that, someone that I know is trans, a trans male as they would identify themselves. And um, I bluntly told this person yesterday, right, because they were trying to have it both ways, right? They want right. to be seen as right. a male for their own personal mm-hmm. peace of mind, but when it mm-hmm. comes to actually doing the work or actually being treated like a male, they don't want to be. They, mm-hmm. they, they're like, no, mm-hmm. I'd rather not, right? Like this person identifies as a male, mm-hmm. but they sleep with the females, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and, and, and they, I, should, I guess I should mention, they, um, their sexual orientation, I guess, would be straight, right? Because they yep. identify mm-hmm. as a male, but they like women, right? So they're straight. And so like what about, problem, what about protecting it. women, right? And, when, and, they, and they will bluntly tell you this, right? Oh. I sleep on the women's side because I like women, right? They will bluntly tell you this. I am a trans male, but I do not want to sleep with the men because I really don't want to be a man, right? If not, I, I really don't want to be a man. I just want to pretend like I'm one and, you know, and, and, and basically go after people who are lonely, women who are lonely, because a lot of men suck, no, you know, not going to lie. So I'm going to go after these women who are vulnerable and lonely 
because I can present them a good alternative, but I really don't want to be a man for the purpose. Because I told her straight up, I mean, him, excuse me, told, see, I, I still misgender them because to me, if they joke now, because you, you've already told me uh-huh. you, you really don't identify as a male, because if you did, you would be with your morals, right? You would be saying, no, I want to sleep with the men. I'm a male. I'm a man. I identify as a man. I would like to sleep with the men. I would like mm-hmm. to take showers at the time that the men take the showers. But it's really not about that. It's really this make pretend bullshit thing that you do. And I'm, and, and don't get me wrong. If you want to live in make if you want to live in make believe fantasy land, as long as it's oh, sorry. Okay, I hate to cut off this exactly. conversation. Yes, because, nobody because, cares. Okay, nobody I hate to cut off, but I will tell you yes, because I, I, I do have to go. News report, and we weren't talking about transgender. We were talking but about. But you guys can else. as soon as I'm as soon as I'm done, because the last time I want the last thing I want to tell you is I'm going to go right back to medical tyranny, and and Jimmy Dore was right. A few, big news a few days ago, SB 815 was quietly amended to include a provision that will. Uh, repeal AB 2098. This was the one where they said doctors were, that they could tell doctors what to say, and if they didn't, they could lose their license and be prosecuted. The doctor's censorship law. I guess the state doesn't feel good about its chances of prevailing since we obtained a preliminary injunction against it, against this unconstitutional law. The L.A. Times article was updated to include a quote from the bill author that indicates that he believes that repealing the bill doesn't affect the medical board's authority to discipline doctors for misinforming their patients about COVID. So, which was always true that if the medical board found that a doctor was, was uh, you know, doing something wrong, they could always use their own processes, but instead the government stepped John, in. Michael, can, can you mute, please? Oh yeah, I'm no. sorry. No, okay. So, so that's my last piece. But what, what was what were they going up? What was the, the bar? Were they going? Okay, so the, the, the state Why stepped in and said that they were going to start prosecuting doctors for misinforming their clients about COVID. They were trying to silence speech. They were trying to tell doctors right. what they get in the middle of the patient-doctor relationship because of the, of, of the full court press that we're still experiencing over COVID. Um, it was mm-hmm. draconian, the dirty bastards, mm-hmm. and, um, and they, they quietly repealed their own law because they realized that they couldn't, that it was unconstitutional. It was, it was un, it, it, unsustainable. So doctors yeah. are, are free to breathe and practice that's, for the moment. That's the, uh, that's yeah, the this is a California thing, Elizabeth. California. No, mm-hmm. no, I follow. I follow. Mm-hmm. They also they, they want to take the children away if you deny them their sexual transgender. Yeah, yeah that's surgery. another one they just passed. Well, well that's another like, fight for another day. This is where it's like, this is where you fight for your fucking rooster. I have a rooster in my house. I have a fucking elephant in my house. I will have anything I want in my house fight. because you're telling me that my child can be no. This and is that you're going to keep secrets from me on. about it. Yes. That, yeah, and what is, the uh, state is saying is that, that they're the parents of that child and you're done. not. Okay, I want you, you guys to have a great week. I've left a ton of stuff on the table for you to uh, to battle out. Uh, bless you guys. Um, looking forward to reporting on the Chicken Palace uh, next Sunday. We're going to 
mm-hmm. going to do some work on it and hopefully get the chickens moved next Sunday in the name of Jesus. And so that's if where I we're identify at today. as a chicken, can I come live there or you no? You can, yes. <laughs> okay, well, I totally I can. Bok, 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 I love you, John Michael. Elizabeth, I love you too. I love your, I love love your you life. Too, uh, Danielle, Teresa, have a great, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys. You have a great rest of your show, okay? Thank you. Love you. All right. Bless you. Love you. Bye bye. You might have to identify as a farm hand a little bit, though, if you come. Uh-huh. I think we'd all be. I could do mornings as a farmhand, and at I night, I'm a too. chicken. Yeah, at night, I'm a chicken, nice as long there. as she's not expecting any eggs, because I don't have any. Oh, wait, maybe I identify <laughs> as, a, as an egg haver now. I do have eggs. No, I, you you know, I just decided I identify as someone who does. <laughs> Yeah, this, productive. You can do whatever you want, baby. Yeah. It's, it's I am it's woman. Funny. Hear me roar. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I'm just going to um, just identify as a billionaire, and I, I really need you all to support yeah, me yeah. in this Absolutely. and send me your money. Absolutely. So I can, you, you because if you don't, you're basically a, just, you know, um, a, a hateful. Maybe we can even pass some laws that. Um, uh, that, you know, if, if you, it's a hate crime for you guys to not, uh, it, you know, uh, I, um, me uh, give me money, money uh, because, exactly. yeah, because I'm a billionaire. It's <laughs> time for my taxes. I'm okay, just remember, forward. the next time I come to visit you, I am definitely treating you like the billionaire that you clearly um, are, just so we're clear. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, exactly. That's fine. That's cool. As long as you guys send me money and, so you're not guilty of a hate crime so that I can be a billionaire. Seriously. And that's how we win, is by playing yeah. by the ridiculous rules. And soon they will be like, oh, my dear God, what have we done? Okay, we're going to have to shift gears. And, yes, shift some gears because this is, this is purely ridiculous. This, I mean, cause right, right after they tried to shove needles in everyone's arms by sheer uh, gunpoint and, and it was threats of we, you will not work anywhere, you will not enter a food store unless you have a needle in your arm with a with a laminated ID card because that was two seconds from that uh, and we said no and that still didn't work um, they shifted into the well now we're screaming about my body my rights because it's it's just it's it's unconstitutional and unfathomable that I cannot have the right to kill my own baby my body's my right they went into that land so now it's as, hmm, yeah as it's crowning it's kind of funny because we were saying the same thing. 10 minutes ago. Well, now that you've thrown your fit, I believe we're going to have to revisit that conversation. And, and, so that's going to be the next thing. They, they, they don't think these things out, and therefore it's almost like they're making it easier to win logically and perhaps even in the court of law with their next ridiculous rollout. That's mm-hmm. how I see it. It's like you've just you've cut your you're, you're, you're yep. Am I right? correct in assuming we're all not vaccinated? Is that correct? Yeah. Um, you are, yes. I don't play COVID. I, I don't go to doctors. I haven't gone to a doctor since I was 11. I'm 60 years old. You know, I've had about 30 like, COVID tests and no no positive. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I've never had a positive on one. Please don't do it. Don't do it anymore, please. Don't do it. Matter of fact, sweetie, don't go to use those over-the-counter drugs. Those are poisons. You're gonna. You need to let your body cleanse. There's so much about the medical field that's just so not for your own good. 
Because right. well, it's, it's for money. It's because it's for money. You know? If it wasn't for money, then it wouldn't be, it wouldn't maybe, it's you know. But, you know, you can, nature, you could pick up some grass and some rocks and make some tea. It would be healthier than whatever came out of a box. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and let your body climb. Burn her. She's and a witch. You. Unless she identifies yeah. as a witch, when, in which case that's okay. I am a witch. Huh. I am an evil. I'm an evil witch. I know. But if she um, identifies as a witch, it's a hate crime. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that is fine. I have a black cat. <laughs> My friend's little brother used to come over, and he'd say to him, he goes, is she a witch? Because, he goes, why? He goes, well, all those animals, they just, they, 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 they run around her, and they circle, they protect her like she's a witch. I had a cat, and the cat and a dog, and like I guess the, the crows, and we're in the backyard, and, and he goes, yeah, they just she's she's just the animal guru here, and I just laughed as she. I only she, identify as a witch during Halloween so I can get more candy. Yeah, apparently I need to be protected here. <laughs> I'm a little animal, but no, it's it's. I don't think anybody that I really have any extensive conversations with. Outside of my family, my, my dad's brothers and sisters are vaccinated. I don't I don't deal with them because they're just there's so much wrong with you. If you bought into that, um, and then I don't even have the heart. To, I was at a meeting Saturday, emergency call. One of my coworkers, her daughters, and I see you. Everybody who's gotten vaccinated, they're all they're dropping dead. It's so sad. It's like I can't even I can't be around it. I'm like. Man, there's just so. Here's my little synopsis of the whole. Are you vaccinated? It's like, good God, no, I'm not vaccinated. Are you? Are you crazy? <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's yeah, it's, and that's why, like, well, I, 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 I say that people need to like just enjoy the time that they have with people who went all the way, you know, fell to the COVID scam. Oh, a lot of background noise. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, because we're not going to have much time with these people left. I mean, like who wants to fight with them when they're dropping dead, they're young. These are young people, thirties and forties. Yeah. And the twenties and then the younger ones and, and then the old, you know, older. It it is. It's like, Joe, Michael, I'm sorry. Did you have something to say something? Is that Michael, baby? They muted himself all the way. Um, poor thing. Oh, well, he's still he's still uh, on the call, but oh, maybe he okay. Maybe he muted. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's just sad. It it really is. I I think if, if anything, we should really like the story that Deborah told. I'm just like I'm horrified at at what the public health officials thought was was absolutely right. It reminded me of. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Have you seen that? And if not, you need to go watch that. It's no, I haven't. What is it? What? Oh, uh, a Clockwork Orange. You'll love it. Your husband will love it too. John Michael just dropped the call, but he goes, but he said, "I have to run because I identify as someone who needs to take a shower." But I love you all. Ah, he's so cute. Anyway, they had this this group of young men who would run around, and it was um, futuristic, like almost like. Fahrenheit, five four one. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. 
where it is kind of that futuristic Britain type of atmosphere. And these young boys would run around and beat, just beat up people, go into rich people's homes and beat them up and have their way with their women and take drink their booze and just scratch the hooligans, right? But a menace to society and the dystopian authorities that be um, brainwashed them and re-educated them, kept their, their eyes open with toothpicks and made them watch, you know, horrible things to make him actually, it was like aversion therapy, but they changed him mm-hmm. and to where he could never be a danger to society again. Um, but the, it was the Gestapo mentality. And that seems to be what we have here in your, your uh, agricultural police who came to do this and to kill animals with such barbaric yeah, and, and, and the way and, that yeah, you I would recommend it. it's, a, it's on a page called Save it. Our Birds, um, and um, the owner of it uh, of the or the creator of the page is the one that had that horrible experience and that and she live streamed. She it. wasn't the only one though. This happened no, no, all I over the. I, I know, but the fact that this was allowed to go on and we had people who were willing to participate so eagerly. That's where the Clockwork Orange. They, they, it, the mentality of really enjoying the uh, terrorizing the community and then the reverse of what happened to him. It's, it's an interesting story. But imagine if and this is just far, they're just animals, you know, and they, they really tried to get us to kill our, our pets too. Remember, there's like testing with the dogs can transmit it and the cats can transmit it. And almost like they wanted everything to be killed because we're going to get COVID. It was like, oh, right. And there was, unfortunately, evidence of that in China where they put um, well, they put cats so on the crazy. side of the road. What's that? I'm sorry. I um, can I thought real quick? Sure. I just, I'm, I'm not trying to take over the conversation. I just want to, like, you know, have it be a conversation. But um Mm-hmm. But they they did to your point. They did that in China. They were there. The people were recording bags of garbage bags of full of cats. You know that they had to mm-hmm. just put out on the street live cats. Mm-hmm. It was heartbreaking. My thought, next thought, was that they so easily will cheat animals like that. It was like to save our lives, we must kill them. I was like, oh my god, god. But just think the next step. Are we going to let them come in and do this to our kids? Yeah. You know, some, of them, some people are actually lining up for this. Let, what we let them do to our pets, we end up doing to our kids. And if you notice what they do with the, the pets now with this cancer research, and it's amazing. It's, it's, my goodness, the chipping of the animals and this new thing that they are now tattooing your animal if it's been neutered. There's a big, long, green. I was like, oh, this is so. Yeah, Chiva has it. I was like, oh, my gosh. This is, did you not see? (laughs) Pretty soon, we're all going to have easy ID. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's the slippery slope into this dystopian horror show. And and it's like it was a terrible terrible time in history. I really think that the, the gentlemen and ladies who participated in, in a massacre cruelty at a farm should be, I'm like, who do we call? Who do we know that does a really good job at doxing people? But doxing's against the law now. But these people need to be held accountable and made, made 
put to task for such a reprehensible behavior, if not sued and prosecuted. Right, and and I think well, I think just kind of to that point, um, I think that backyard. Uh, we're, what we're talking about aren't farms. We're talking about people who have backyard chickens. And and just you know, right. for a distinction, this these are people's homes. They're not raiding businesses, although they were. But you know, that's what makes it you know more more heinous, in my opinion, is that they were they were viciously and brutally going after mm-hmm. just backyard blocks in private homes. Mm-hmm. For fun, because it was fun. These people enjoyed doing this. If you would have gotten some, like some of the, it's always good guys. You know, I, I found a couple of good good cops around here, and even our sheriff was a good guy because he's like, you know what, this really isn't right. We're not gonna really go. Them. We're not going to do this. He basically told his guys, we're not going to do this. And it was kind of like, that's why you never saw the police around, because they weren't going to p- participate in this. And there are the good right. guys that are in these ranks, and they're the ones that stop this kind of stuff. But then you get the disturbed individuals, like the clockwork orange types, that, you know, who, the terrible atrocities of the, the, the you know, Inhumane ways, I, I visualize just, you know, just horrible. It's like, you know, uh, they should have, they were halfway on their way to becoming serial killers because they, they love to torture animals. And this was like, oh, I'm getting paid to kill chickens. I can only imagine what they were doing to these poor things. But they, right. that would have happened if they didn't really enjoy this. And it's like, can't have this. This is the element that makes all of those first responders and look bad. Are they trying to ramp up the the um, hero worship of their first responders by you? Because they're they're doing it here with celebrations and festivals. And it's not that I'm aware. By. Not that I've noticed, but I'll I'll pay attention well, now and see is if it on there's. The news? No, I this said not that I've noticed. I'm it's hosted by the coroner. The coroner's office is hosted. Oh God! Like, oh God is right. I'm like puke, puke, puke. You guys are just worshiping your oppressors basically at this point and this is like weird anti-weird sacrificial i'm like oh i just can't believe what kind of society i'm living in at the moment but um they want to go into that that the first response i was like "Mm, jesus god we're all save us save us all um if it were that easily manipulated to thinking that this is normal and everything that's going on is normal and it's for our own good and they love us. I was like, yikes. Yeah, this was my thing. We're doing this. You know what I have noticed a lot um, lately is, um, so I've been watching um, Hulu and they have commercials just like, like regular commercials. um, But they Mm -hmm. most, like most of them are about um, either banking and the, and the most, um, you know, I, I guess popular topic for these commercials are pharmaceuticals. Like one time um, I got two um, advertisements uh, for different HIV medication or uh, treatments. One was a treatment, one was like a preventative. And it's like, what? I don't I mean, what? Like, I don't have HIV. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, participating in risk, you know, uh, risky behavior that would, but I've got two commercials trying to sell me um, HIV medications. Um, one was um, PrEP, and this is funny too. It, it, in this commercial, they said um, 
You know, people who are assigned male at birth. This is we haven't done testing oh, on people that or uh, are assigned female at birth. And it's like, well, why aren't we canceling this medication immediately? Because obviously, like if you know, they're they're discriminating, right, against people who are assigned female at birth, right? Cancel. But um, but yeah. So I have been and and um, like even like Wal like Walgreens. Right. We'll be like, you know, for, for the yeah, a commercial for the day that, you know, you thought you were going to have a, a, nor, a, a natural childbirth and it turns into I want an epidural or um, the uh, the time that, you know, you tell your daughter about, um, you know, aging, uh, aging, being beautiful. And then you put on face cream, you know, we're here for you, for the natural mm-hmm. people out there. Right. And by the way, get your flu shot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, does it sound just so creepy and unnatural? The term was assigned to me. I'm thinking Orwellian, like yes. or movie. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But it's I was just thinking like, that's what it's called. Yeah, it's creep show. Um, yeah. Do you know that the last time I had movies, it's probably been about a year since I've been doing the show. Probably, I decided I'm not paying a hundred and Ninety-six dollars to have cable TV. Um, so, but that's what it was. It was all pharmaceuticals, and I noticed. I was like, "There's no." Uh, there used to be, you know, depending on what you, if you're watching golf, I'd love to watch golf. That was my thing because the commercials were great. It was like beautiful cars and you know fine scotch and different things, but no, nothing eloquent. Um, you know, Viagra, blood pressure. Yeah. Just constantly like the, you know, it, it goes back to the. You realize it's not normal to be sick like this, right? And to be on medication all the time—that's not normal. But they've normalized it into where how am I ever going to be able to get my prescriptions if you yeah. put the government down? Like, oh dear God, they got you guys so mind fucked into this. It's, it's horrible. Um, but this. But the AIDS, the AIDS medicine, this is because the vaccine that they put out, everybody's being tested for AIDS that got vaccinated. That came out in the UK. And so they're normalizing. Mm. Mm. Get a little closer. You're you're a little low. Your volume's a little low. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my voice. (laughs) Because I'm speaking the truth. I don't want my neighbors to hear so I don't get invaded by the FBI. Well, you don't have chicken, um, so that's good. (laughs) <laughs> no, but I have neighbors. And you know what? If you see something, you say something. That's almost the, ma- the mantra. On, That's on, definitely Orwellian. It is. Yes, but it's, it's, it used to be, um, do you know where your kids are at night? And then there was, what was the other one? There was the, the, on the news. It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your kids are at? Um, yeah. Then there was another one. I can't remember what it was, but now it is. You see something, you say something. I'm like, Wow, we've really slipped into the land of, and it's it's not being used for what it needs to be for. If it was like something bad, but they want, they've got a rooster, or they're, you know, are they happy during quarantine? They've really leapt into the land of, it is a dystopian nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the side effect of the, of the vaccine, that was the first thing that came out from one of these poor doctors that they have, uh, ruin their careers and or throw them in jail in Europe because they really, those are the guys who were really 
worried about what was going on, questioning, and then when the vaccines went into play way too early, because that was like, we can't do this. There's been no test. It's okay. And then they started seeing kids drop dead, and, and the blood work looked like pancake mix and all these different things. And then they're like, this testing, we're seeing an uptick in AIDS. And now it's, it's tribal cancer is the new one. So it's just, you know, the side effects. I saw that one. It's like a, and that's, and that's it's another little. white Because now yeah. if you've got insurance, there are all these new diseases you can come and we'll help you with. Right. And that's the other thing that I'm noticing it in a, a lot of these um, medication commercials, the pharmaceutical commercials, is tell your doctor if you've recently had a vaccine or plan to have a vaccine. If they're safe and effective, why would it matter? Because we know what we're doing. It's okay. But we want to manage. we we got to manage the cancer unit, and we got to manage this and that, because and, we're in charge. We know what we know best. Father knows best. No, the doctor knows best. Because mm-hmm. there's no question of whether you should get it or not. Your doctor will say, oh, absolutely. Or maybe let's do this first. Are, are, you, are you close to the brink of death or a new disease first? And then we'll wait because, you know, mission accomplished. That's my my opinion of what goes on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am not a friend of the doctors. And I have so many people in my family that are in, in that profession and they're just like, at Christmas, it's cringeworthy. They just, they just can't stand inside of me. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it is. Yeah, it kind of is what it is on that. And I'm not gonna. I've only gotten worse. I've gotten worse yeah. as the years. So come just on. go ahead and sit at the kids' table, Elizabeth. They're a lot. They have a better conversation anyway, uh, because it seems like maybe I'm your family. Allowed. I'm not allowed by the kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have oh, me on a leash. Never know what's coming out of her mouth. Yeah, it's sad, but I don't know. But the more I see what's happening, and it's like I just shake my head now because it's like you don't see this. I mean, I I can't. I, I had one. One came up to me and told me, "There's no more. I'm I'm done with it. No more vaccines." I go, "Thank God," because I'm. I don't want to go to any more funerals, you know. It's like you, they start to see that this is tyranny, not medicine. And um, I don't think it's worth backing off the conversation on that because I don't think the medical field can redeem itself at all at this point. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think it can. It's really sad, too, oh. because people get into this profession to help people. And then they, by the yeah. time they're done with this, with this indoctrination process, they're so twisted um, that they don't, you know, and, and, and they think that they're doing the right thing. And that goes yeah. back to your point about people who um, you're saying, enjoy, you know, go in and kill chickens because they enjoy it. It's possible. It's, it's possible. But um, I, I think that, you know, one thing that we learned from the Nuremberg trials is that when, when these people, these, um, you know, service people were asked why they did it why they followed along with these you know um they you know what why they killed these people they said we, we were just following orders right and that's where we are right and now we, is that people were just following orders yeah i had to kill that chicken you know i had to, to tell people to wear masks even though we know that they're going to make and, and we're being conditioned to follow orders the last couple of generations that's what they do and uh, sadly i don't think anybody really knows what nuremberg is you know, I was having a conversation um, yesterday 
about uh, the JFK assassination. For some reason, they needed to rehash that whole thing because a whistleblower came out about the bullet. And it's like everybody was like, oh, this is old. They didn't know what the grassy knoll was. What's a grassy knoll? I thought, oh, dear God, where? how do you not <laughs> yeah. How do you not know about the, the shooting of, of JFK? But that's lost on a whole generation. And I was like, wow. We were talking that about shooting. that last week a little bit, too. Um, that uh, around these major trauma events, like, and, mm-hmm. you know, if it, let, let's, you know, if you remember where you were and what you were doing when something happened, then, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a good chance it was a, it was a traumatic event. And everybody remembers where they were and what they were doing. If you, they were alive when JFK was shot. Same thing with right. Sandy Hook, I bet, you know, and yep. um, 9-11 and, and, um, you know, and Columbine. probably, probably, probably COVID, you know, they remember when it took oh, yeah. two weeks to, to flatten the curve or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, so, so, um, you know, and it's interesting that the, the first thing that they do is they try to tell you that it's wrong to ask questions about these traumatic events, right? You, you know, if you asked mm-hmm. a question about Sandy Hook or, or, you know, or something was odd and you wanted to, to know more about it, um, you were disrespecting the, the dead. Um, same thing the with dead, 9-11. Yeah. Up, until, up, up until even now, you're, you're barely, 22 years later, you're barely allowed to ask questions about this event that everybody remembers where they were and what they were doing when it happened. And that's, the curiosity is the, is the first, it's, you know, the denial is the first stage of grief, Right. Asking, you know, right. you don't ask questions when you're in denial. And so that's right. where they want to keep us firmly, you know, like planted in that. Um, don't ask questions. And, and if you do, you're offensive. And, and the whole fear-based mentality, is you're, you're unable to think when you're in fear, when you're in uh, fight or flight mode. Your brain right. doesn't work. Yes. And, they, mm-hmm. and that's where they want you to stay is in constant fear. And he's going to save us. The, the, the news, that the news wouldn't lie to us. The government's trying to help us. It's like, no, but that's where they want us, exactly. And and you know what? They they took that, the ability to have healthy debate away from us in the 80s because we can't have right. a debate. Yeah, agreed. Um, mm-hmm. It's an endangered species. People don't know debate. They think that calling people names is, is debate. It's a hate word. You're offending me. You're offending me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a lively conversation, my dear. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, well, and, 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 and again, yeah. like, the, the, the point of debate is, like, I mean, have you, you've taken a debate class, right? Have you? You know what? I was not a, a school goer. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So basically, like, in, in de- like the one of the the hardest parts of debate is that you have to be able to answer for you know uh, or argue a position that you might not necessarily agree with, right? Because, so you mm-hmm. you have to um, you know they 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 throw out a topic like let's just say the topic is abortion and and you're pro, you know pro life. Sometimes you'll have to argue the pro-choice side of the argument. And, and right. honestly, like that concept is so lost in our society because that would mean that you would actually have to research the opposite opinion, the other side of it. Right. And what we do is just silence it, right? Because, you know, right. that side, if you, you know, the, the answer to wrong speech, like, let, you know, let's say, you know, um, slavery, right? You know, 
if somebody says that they're for slavery, you know, the answer to wrong speech is more speech. It's not silencing that person's opinion, right? Because when you silence somebody's opinion, then things get violent, you know, ah, I want to, you know, a lot of the time. And, um, you know, and so that's why it's, it's really, really important to understand both sides of the argument, and it's a dying art. And that's the key is to understand, because the more you would research why someone would want abortion to be a right thing, you can see where they get to be so venomously opposed to not having it. It's like, okay, I've learned a lot. I don't quite agree with it, but now I can see where you're coming from. Right. Right. And, and you get to also that. unravel the, the right. misinformation around it, right? Like there's a good mm-hmm. percentage of people out there that believe that if um, if you get pregnant and it's, you know, uh, it's an ectopic pregnancy, so outside of the fallopian, or in the fallopian tube instead of uh, implanted in the uterus, that, uh, and, and and don't get me wrong, that if that is um, untreated a lot, it can lead to death, right? If you don't remove mm-hmm. that, em- you know, that embryo, from your fallopian tube as it grows, your fallopian tube will explode. There's a good percentage of people in this country who, who believe that it would be illegal to remove that fetus because abortion is illegal. And that's simply not the case. You know, and even when you go into the arguments about rape and incest, right? Um, right. We're, we're not, we're not talking, we're not talking about that. If you're raped or, or, you know, you, you get pregnant, um, you know, through incest, and you have an ectopic pregnancy, you can have an abortion because it's a, it's putting the mother's life at risk. That's something that's never really been on the table, that if it's going to kill the mother, then, uh, you know, that you still have to have the abortion. You're basically killing women because, you know, they can't have well, an abortion if it's going to kill them. That's simply not true. And that's never been on the it's table. Black, it's the black and white way of looking at things. There, there, there is gray. And even in the Bible, there was great. Well, but, was but I understand they, they, but, but, you know, but, you know, but to, you're right. They, and, but to that, gotta be black and white. No, but and, to that point, they talk about rape and incest, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a gray area. Um, but exactly. this, but the, but the area that's actually still, uh, legal, you know, it's, that's never talked about. Like that's that gray area. They they so they understand right. some of the black and white, but that one area that that you know is just complete misinformation. Is my is my point is that they think okay, well, um, you know, rape and incest. That's it. So if I have an ectopic pregnancy, that means I can't. It's not rape or incest. So that means I can't have one. And that's crazy. Yeah, we it have, is. We have to have. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> have to have allowances and that's where the, the the fine art of hearing hear me out to my arguments and, and my way of feeling and my way of thinking and life is not black and white and um yeah that, that that's a, a tough a tough hill to climb is, is certain people's hard hard cemented way of, of thinking and therefore then you've got these polarized factions because you there is no can we just have a conversation and agree that there are extenuating circumstances you know it's all in, in the degree of what is your 
your objective? Is your objective to to honor life? Are you going to make the woman die in order to have the baby? That's craziness. You know, it's it's like you have to have discernment and 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 good judgment, and and you cannot be exacting. You know, that's where. Um, People have a problem with the rule of law. There has to be true justice is is everything must be fair and just. You know, you have to, you can't have just one one way. It, it doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah, I, exactly. You know, I, uh, yeah. Oh. I mean, even on, the, even on the case of viability, right? It's like, okay, so... You know, that's people, you go back to the Roe versus Wade, which, which basically laid out when it was viable. And, and, you know, back then, I think it was um, 20 weeks or something like that, um, or third or third trimesters. I, I can't remember exactly, I, you know, where they draw the line of viability, but we're also talking about uh, bodily autonomy. Like people keep screaming about bodily autonomy. You know, it's my body, my choice. I should be able to uh, kill this person growing inside of me. Right. And, right. Like, that's the other one. Okay, well, I should mm-hmm. be able to kill this baby up until I'm crowning nine months. Um, you know, if I'm, I'm crowning, um, I can still mm-hmm. choose to kill this baby. You know, and, and there there are states like California and New York that actually have laws that say that nine months you can you can kill the baby. Um, and um, I guess mm. and, and people are so like, okay, well, uh, you know, my body, my choice, but they don't have that gray area of, well, what about the baby's autonomy? Um, you know, if that baby can live outside of you, then I think abortion, just just have the baby and have, that, that's what adoption's about, right? I don't know. I don't know how we got off on abortion, but I think it was about debate. Yeah, but you have to have healthy conversation to see other people's point of view. Um, the terrible world that we're in right now, it's, if anything is uncomfortable or, or inconvenient, then it's like, oh, it hurts. I don't. What would the stipulation of, of, okay, no, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have this birth because it's, I, I can't handle the contractions. We're gonna. Can you board this? It's, what is your ramifications of this? Shouldn't it be like the doctor's call? You know, at that point, it's kind of like, well, <laughs> we'll have to put you to sleep. You're having the baby, and you have to keep the baby. But <laughs> um, it, it's kind of too late. When you should have thought about this was when you were having sex with you nine months ago, you know, it's kind of yeah. the consequence of your actions kind of thing, but God forbid, you know, that <laughs> go into play either. Um, but, well, and it's, yeah, okay, so it, it, to that point, it's like, okay, so you're on a skateboard, you, you know, you choose to get on a skateboard and you fall down and you, and you break your arm, mm-hmm. right? It's like, that was your choice to, to do that. Um, you know, I guess you could leave it, um, you, you know, I guess maybe it's a choice that you could not have a cast, but um, you know, how many people would do that? It's like, okay, well, I, I don't want to have this cast on. I don't want to deal with the fact that my arm is broken, but it's, it's there and you have to, you know, cutting off the arm isn't really ever on the table. (laughs) Or whose fault is it? It's the skateboards. We're going to outlaw skateboards. It's kind of like, we need to get a fine balance of, you know, maybe this is a, Think twice before you get on a skateboard because you could hurt yourself. And, and make sure you get all the, the pads and the helmets and whatnot. But maybe you shouldn't. You weren't ready to skateboard. But it's going to be everybody else's fault. It's, it's We need to have a better balance of 
accountability and, and the reality of what may happen in life. If you do, if right. you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to get this. And, um, and we should have that right. conversation. Those should be out there, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. where we're at, all of that's been kind of like taken away because of offensive hate speech. And it, it, we've gone into the land of intolerance and crazy. And we need to try to swim back to sensibility and, and um and start all over again and have a better – be able to have conversation and, right. and open debate and get people's minds thinking again and, and, and not so much focused on, on their screaming. Right. And to your child. point about the, about the convenience, right, and, and comfort – you know, you, I want to be comfortable. I want to – you know, I want things to be convenient. And, and if a, a baby is, you know, getting in the way of that, you know, like – and there's a lot of situations out there where um, – being comfortable leads us to um, a scary place. Being too comfortable yep. in our society. Yes, yes. Because you know the argument that I'm hearing on the news. Oh, with Mexico, Mexico, Mexico passed the abortion laws where it it is now, um, and and that went against their 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 culture of of, of you know the Catholic way of looking at things. And they, they said that no one will be forced to give birth ever again. Like, that's such a horrible thing. And it's kind of like, did anybody force you to get pregnant? And, but but that the way we think, it's like, you cannot make me give birth anymore. And it's like, are, were you in a baby farm? Were you were you sold into slavery to produce babies? It's how they make it sound. like. It, but it's like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the cause and effect. And it's kind of like back to personal responsibility in this day and age, my God, there's birth control. And yes, the Catholic religion was like birth control was terrible and blah, blah, blah. But now they've gone to the huge extra extreme where it's like now we're killing them. But can't you give them birth control? Can't you, you know, if, if that's such the terrible thing, the terrible crime of being forced to give birth to another person, there is a medical miracle. It's called birth control. Yeah, oh, didn't work for me. I was on birth control with both of my kids. Is that ethical or not? But I think that in, in my mind's eye, it's a little more humane than to a growing fetus, mm-hmm. where it's just a small cluster of cells, perhaps, that is not given the right to form anymore. I had a well, and that's, and that's another thing that they do. When they're trying to um, convince people that that you know oppressing a group of people, slaughtering a group of people is fine, um, and that is to dehumanize. It's not a baby; it's a clump of cells. Mhm. Mhm. Um. Yeah. Makes much I, easier. I, I just found that, yeah, but I found that 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 was that was the way they had it. Uh, Envisioned the whole thing was you will no longer be forced to give birth. It's like this is, this is a strange way to look at it. Well, I thought that it was. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, because there are. You're right. There are those like off, you know, mm-hmm. situations where people are forced to to give birth in baby factories, but that's certainly not the norm. So why phrase mm-hmm. it that way? You're right. Yeah, that was that was the news story, and I'm just like, yikes, yikes. They got down to to, to Mexico and, and brought democracy to Mexico. <laughs> I was very, very Spanish with that. Mm. Yeah, right. Goodness. 
Um, I'm going to see if Joanne is, um, if she can come back on. If not, I'm really enjoying this conversation. But um, she wanted to talk about Matthew. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. so um, I've been I've been kind of trying to stay away from the news. Um, it does kind of like I have to bring me down. I get the exactly. pharmaceuticals. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I popped on a little bit on Facebook. Because, I, I, honestly, when there's just so much – it's like I can't hear it anymore. I didn't want to hear any more about Maui. I was Maui'd out. And, and it's, that sounds terrible because it was a horrible thing that happened. But I was like, I'm just getting saturated with it. And I, I shut it off. And then out comes this video. I thought, well, this is quite interesting because it's not so much the sensationalism of where are the children because I was like, oh, gosh, this is horrible. And this guy did a video that actually took the um, the Google picture of the school bus yard the day before this happened. It was full of school buses. The day after it happened, all these buses were gone. They're like, well, where did the buses go? Why did they need school buses? They did a little more information. on Further down in Maui, they found the school buses at a, um, uh, a military base. Park. And next to the military base is a sports arena. And then there are these two buildings. And then next to the military base is this huge cement factory pit where they produce cement. And then they get this video of people going down into a tunnel through a elevator shaft into a tunnel that was next to a sports complex. And he just, he's like, I'm just putting this out there. And it was like, oh, my goodness. Here we go. Was this the diabolical theft of children? Is that what this was about? Not so much the land. And it's like, wow, these people are evil, and they've got this system laid out. And the, the theft of the money, when Catherine Austin fits went back and was talking about what happened with the money? What happened to all this money? Every year for 20 years, they couldn't balance the books when she was in, in the government. And she's like, they're stealing the money. And they're putting it in all these black op projects. And then they're stealing from the pension funds. And they're just bankrupting the, the whole country in this organized theft of money. And nobody cares. And in the meantime, the stock market's going up in all of these contracting businesses that are going skyrocketing me. And these, all these businesses were like making elevator shafts. And, and she's like, but we weren't building buildings, so why do they need all these elevator shafts? It's like, oh, because they're building down under the ground, all these under-the-ground tunnels and bases and military bases. And yeah. it's like, this is... Some kind of diabolical, no one's questioning. It's like we know about these things, but it's like, why do you need these? What are you doing? <laughs> but then when you see this, it's like, holy cow. Um, you add that with the way that the CPS system is, is set up, where it's almost, and I'm, I'm seeing this firsthand right now, that they are targeting these kids that are on public welfare. And instead of helping them, it seems to me their main objective is to get the children out of the home. Yes. 
And yeah, why? For sure. And then why? And it's like, this is some real evil, diabolical, little secret agenda going on here. And it makes your stomach turn. Right. And, um, and yeah, and it's like, I have to show all of them. I can't. <laughs> I cannot. Yeah. Um, Joanne is Joanne is with us now again. Hello. Oh, okay. Let her let her do her, her little thing. Welcome back. Hello. Am I connected? Yeah, you are. You're here. Hello. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We, um, sorry, dark uh, conversation. My, my but now, turned. now maybe a little maybe a little Bible into in to break up the the bad stuff. Mm, yeah. Um, Gosh, it is, it's so tempting. It's so tempting when we see darkness out there in our reality to continue to look at it. And um, I will be the first to say that the more that I looked at it, the more that it affected my day-to-day reality living. And... Part of the biggest test of faith is to be faced with such atrocities and still bring ourselves to give the judgment to God. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And then you'll notice your own life begin to shift because you're no longer deciding that you're the one to carry the burden. And it doesn't mean that we don't do anything. It just means that we relieve ourselves of the anger and the judgment and the resentment. And we remember that God is handling it. Right. Because I, I think it can, why well, have all that darkness in your life when you can create your own beautiful little paradise? You know what I'm saying? Because it's where I'm at right now. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to know about I'm going to just have my reality what I see it and not have it influenced by the news and the propaganda and all this. These atrocities that I, I, can't, I can't change it. And, and I can't wake people up. People would choose not to see it. And I understand that it, why they don't want to see it because it's like it's way too much. So, yeah, you can, you can bless your life with just having all the goodness come. So I'm, I'm right there with you on that, for sure. Yeah. And God hears our prayer. So oh, he every time does. that we, yeah, every time that we just uh, pray good things to occur, they do occur, and our opportunity and invitation is to accept that it is done. Amen. Um, do you mm-hmm. do you want to go into um, to Matthew? Because um, that's a, that's a good uh, yeah one. yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm always about saying I I just get led to certain places of what I'm supposed to read. I didn't read the whole chapter, um, but there was something that had me look at Matthew 23, and oh boy, is it um, it, it's fascinating. Because we we want to have a, a thought that's more of a limited perspective as if Jesus is talking about the Pharisees and only the Pharisees and only the religious leaders of that time. 
when we have that limited perspective and we refuse to take the blinders off, we forget that Jesus is actually talking to us through his words in the Bible. And so those of us that believe that we know what is being preached in the Bible have the opportunity to listen to what Jesus is telling us. Because uh, none of us is without sin and none of us is without having had some kind of misplaced anger or misled righteousness at some t- time in our life. So I, if it's okay, I'm going to read um, chapter 23. Okay. Matthew 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra long tassels. And they love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher, and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone here on earth as father. For only God in heaven is your father. And don't let anyone call you teacher. For you have only one teacher, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, For you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves, and you don't let others enter either. If you recall last week, I'm just going to pause here to talk about this, is I have felt critical of others when I had misplaced righteousness. Also, as I began to walk with more looking within to right my own wrongs. I also then began to feel the persecution of self-proclaimed Christians who would want to tell me that I was wrong and they would judge me. And I thought, wow, what an interesting example of me experiencing karma. And I just was able to see it so clearly that how I used to judge was now just being delivered back to me, even though it was walking more correctly than I was before. So just wanted to share that in my own personal experience. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cross land and sea and make one person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are. Blind guides, what sorrow awaits you? For you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple, but that it is binding to swear 
by the gold in the temple. Blind fools, which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred. And you say that to swear by the altar is not binding, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding. How blind, for which is more important, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gift sacred? When you swear by the altar, you are swearing by it and by everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you are swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God and by God who sits on the throne. That last part there, Matthew 23, 22, really um, struck a chord with me because as it's saying, and when you swear, which is essentially as you speak and preach by heaven, it's really reminding me about to be aware of the words that we pick. And so when we're, we're picking to speak the good, right? Because heaven is representation, representation of what is good and what is holy. So it's really important that we have our mind right and our words right. Because as we think it and speak it, it is so. I'm just going to read that one again. And when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God and by God who sits on the throne. But sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things, blind guides, You strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-righteousness. Oh, sorry, self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee. First, wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. And that really is an exact parallel to the shadow work that's taught in conscious communities. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets, your ancestors killed, and you decorate the monuments of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would never have joined them in killing the prophets. But in saying that, you testify against yourselves that you are indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead and finish what your ancestors started. 
Snakes, sons of vipers, how will you escape the judgment of hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers of religious law, but you will kill some by crucifixion, and you will flog others with whips in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. As a result, you will be held responsible for the murder of all godly people of all time, from the murder of righteous Abel to the murder of Zechariah, son of Berkiah, whom you killed in the temple between the sanctuary and the altar. I tell you the truth, this judgment will fall on this very generation. Jesus grieves over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Are you, do you, is there more? Are yeah. you, are you there? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, yep, that's the end. Okay. <clears throat> that's, that's amazing. Um, go ahead. What do you think, Daniel? I mean, I think and we're coming up to the end of the show. We've got uh, at six o'clock, this is definitely an, an amazing way to end the show talking about this and also a great way to start the week. Um, yeah. So, it's so important. You're so right, Joanne. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It just, it boggles my mind how spirit precedes us. And when I read this last part about um, how the children gather as a hen protects her chicks. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And I just thought, wow, of course that was part of today's show I just it, I just find it spirit has a really great sense of humor and uh, you know laughter is medicine and Jesus Absolutely. reminds us to come as a child and, and what do we witness children do more more than anything is to laugh and that's because um, they they are a source of healing yeah yes, yes they are and that's why they're so coveted by the by the, the mm-hmm. power by, by the evil one by the evildoers um, is because of that, just because of that. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I could not help but think about this, uh, that the Pharisees, the political class fits the Pharisees so well right now. Um, And I was, I was reading about the fall of different civilizations today in just some light reading. Yes, it was interesting. Babylon and the Chaldeans and this series, yep. and you know, and, and the the Jerusalem, the the Israelites were banished into to the land of Babylon, you know, because they weren't following God's law. And you know, when we try to like fight these 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 forces, and it's like, you know, this we're in the the, the last 
last throes of, of this civilization, our, our country is just crumbling. It's like, you know, it's, it's not the first one. This, is, this has happened in the past, and it's all because we forgot that there is a, a right and just way to live. And mm. so evil is not, is not able to go on forever. Great empires fall and another one rises up. Um, and even the Israelites had to suffer uh, in their, their bondage in, in, in different lands because of, of turning away from God's way. And we're kind of like right there. So it's almost like you just need to try to get yourself on the right side, live in the light, and know that God's going to find a way out for you. This is just so big, so bad. <laughs> the system that we got going now, um, I pulled totally away from politics. And it's like, I, it's going to fall on its own, and I'm going to be over here, and it's not going to fall on me. That's kind of where yeah. I'm at. Well, and the Pharisees, the church, were, were the politicians of the day, right? So that yeah. they, if they make if they make law, that means or or enforce laws, then that is that you know that they were the the politicians. And you're right, we do live in. Um, I would assume that every fallen um, empire feels like they're the last one and the biggest and the worst. And you know, so mm-hmm. I it, we may not be the 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 last to fall, but it, it sure does seem like we're living in revelation here. And, you know, and, and they call it revelation for a reason is because this is when people start to wake up to, you know, to the, to God, to the collective um, energy, the collective consciousness. Um, And, um, you know, and we, we don't even have to call it God. We can call it Allah. We can call it spirit energy universe is that we're all, connected to this thing that is bigger than us. And, um, and I think that we all kind of feel, you know, that we are living in the end times and, you know, and to me like that, that's something to celebrate because we know that it's dark and, and, um, and, and scary, I guess, but we read the end of the book and, and we win. So if this is the last one, then that actually should calm people I think steady people a little bit because once we all wake up Mm -hmm. once the the truth or or God um, this ancient understanding um, is once we remember this once we you know realize that we're um, you know that we're all connected I think that is when we win so bring it on I'm, I'm cool with that I'm uh, I'm cool with all of it. Honestly, like it, it would suck that if money went away and government, I guess it wouldn't suck if government went away, but especially ours being in charge of the biggest killing machine in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I, I'd still be able to eat breakfast tomorrow if, the, if that all went away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it scares a lot of people to come out of this cage. You know, it, it's really hard we were talking last week about denial, right? They, they deny that mm-hmm. uh, they, they want to hold on and not look at it and, and not acknowledge it because once you acknowledge it, then we have to do something about it. And that's kind of what this show is all about is gathering the troops 
letting people um, know what is coming so that we can prepare for it, so that we'll have enough food to eat, so that we'll be able to get the proper information, to, so that we can uh, uh, that we can thrive in our bodies instead of being poisoned by our you know by the system. Right. That's um, right. That is all you know. This show is about is is waking people up, coming together for what's coming next, and you know, like I said, it's scary, but I'm calmed by it because I know that we're here at this time for a reason. And I think that we're over the precipice now. Like it's, it's all kind of downhill from here. All the scary stuff is basically the end of something that's completely evil. And I, for one, am, am humbled by the fact that, um, that I get to be a part of it. And I hope you guys do too. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. Absolutely. But we all can sharpen, you know, we can all be a little bit healthier on the inside and spiritually by, um, you know, by walking the walk and um, not judging people who are on a different path, a different, not path, but a different schedule, right? We all, we're all not going to, we're, we're right. waking up. It, not, it's not like we're all going to wake up at the same time at the same place or the same, um, you know, yeah, uh, schedule, but we're all waking up. And so having grace and mercy and kindness and love towards people who we believe are doing it wrong is definitely a lesson that we should all incorporate into our daily lives. That's the test that we have to pass. Yes, it's not to be <laughs> judgment mm-hmm. for ourselves, exacting. Um, yeah, you know, I, um, I'm thinking of the politicians and how they – they're standing up against God's kingdom, so to speak, like uh, Newsom. <laughs> Who is he to take children away from the parents? This is a, a God-given gift uh, to right. have children. Um, it reminds me of Nebuchadnezzar, who went against God, and he, he got struck down that whole Babylon boom because he was in the opposition to God's kingdom. Yeah, um, right. And it's kind of like we need to know that we can stand on our Oh, and right. God is on our side. And, and these people, if Newsom went away normal. tomorrow, we would still be fine. And that's the thing is that who is he to take children away from their parents? Well, he can only do what we allow him to do as a collective, exactly. right? We do, you know, and, and that's a exactly. tough you know, little lesson too, is that we give them the power to do this stuff to us. And so, and I think that's what we're, that's the end that we're coming to is that it's, is that, we're going to realize the re- it's going to be revealed to us that these governments are not the way to live a godly life, to follow them. And so it doesn't, we're not talking, I'm not talking about anything violent. I'm talking about withdrawing consent, turning our backs exactly. on the system. And, you know, and that's, exactly. as soon as we do that, and that's all, you know, go ahead. God, God gave us free will. The whole story lies around, our free will. Who will you serve? What, which master will you serve? Who are you yeah. going to bow down and worship? Right. Certainly not Jesus. Jesus, Jesus got caught well. in like a somebody was trying to uh, like trip up Jesus when he um, was talking about money, right? And uh, mm-hmm. uh, and he said um, he, some some dude in the crowd like threw him a coin, um, and uh, he said, "What do you think about money or taxes?" And he, Jesus looked at the coin that had a picture of Caesar on it, and he threw it back to him, mm-hmm. and he said. Render, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, 
you know, tongue in cheek, looking at the, you know, it looks like it's his, it's got his face on it. So if you, mm-hmm. so, give, so give it to him. If you, if you follow that system, give it to his, give it to him because it's his. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. So like, and especially, you know, when it comes to giving up money. What's that? You know, in, oh, but the rest of the, what he said was, but give God's things to God. You, you, right, exactly. Well, and, and that's, and, and, but yeah. And that is the ultimate. It's like, you know, yeah, what he asks, boom, give it to him. But God asks this, and, and God usually trumps whatever this little corrupt money grabber wants. You, you pay attention to what God wants. That's more important. Caesar gets Caesar's, but God gets his due. And right. There is it. abundance. We don't yeah. need money for that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't need money to survive and thrive. Um, God yeah. gives it to us. So basically, um, yeah, I, I just thought that was kind of, you know, render under Caesar's what is Caesar's. It's, it's, got his, mm-hmm. it's got his head on it. Give it So with that, we got the 90-second mark. Um, and you guys want to uh, quickly wrap up with any thoughts? Well, I'm just was a super, super family. Um, go go ahead, Joanne. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. You get the last word. Um, I'm just super glad that this concept of, you know, that people are beginning to feel okay with money going away and it doesn't cause a lot of anxiety and fear within people because these conversations are happening everywhere I turn a year ago, it looked really different when I would bring up this subject matter, and I'm just glad that I continued to just speak, that I knew it was true, that it was coming from God, that mm-hmm. he didn't design money. It was designed by the nefarious. Yep. Render under mm-hmm. Caesars what is Caesars. Go, um, Elizabeth, you can have the last word. I was just going to say that our, our, our biggest gift is our families, and that's what we need to focus on is our families. And they will take care of us. We will take care of them. And God will take care of us. Yeah, absolutely. And we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, So that's family as well, I think. So, yeah, that's a great way to to end the show. I love you all. Um, Please share this if you can. Um, We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye -bye. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.